zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date for the formal. This is classic spanking. Please put your pants back on, Neil. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> you know what? Should I put I was... mine back on? <laughs> no, no, you just Neil. Off. Everyone else can have their pants off, just not nice. Neil. All right. Well, Neil works at Disneyland. Off. I don't need to see that. Boom! Go to call. I'm on. Something happened, and I'm not gonna jinx it. Okay. We're here. We're recording. We're recording video, by the way, so you know. I didn't tell you, nudie. By law, I have oh, to yeah. tell you this. I love it. <laughs> Are you okay? Damn, I'm really gonna put my pants back on. This is gonna be on the the, the patrons and all that shit. Because, it, looks like on, it looks like he's recording from like a space station. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Like, I, I, I'm not the only guy you, whose balls you can bust now. All is right. this when Dave starts singing Major Tom? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'll be singing all right. Yeah, I've never done in this room before. I had to move because I had too much echo in my horror room. Well, that's a whole horror floor, but in my recording room, I cannot get rid of the fucking echo. I spent all this money uh, on the best mic I can get and everything else in every situation, and I decided to throw in the towel. So, you need to get um, – there's a nice, thing you can uh, attach to your mic where it goes It goes like uh, this. Yeah, I have one. And and it catch. yeah, well, he has – yeah, there you go, what he has. Can you guys see that or no? Looks like a kitty yeah, litter box. It it looks like <laughs> it's Dan a box Chase from two years ago. A mic, a blanket, a pillow, and that's that's the fucking thing in there. It's all in there. Yeah, that's what Watson told me. That's uh, what Watson said I should do. We were talking about it earlier today. I have a forty dollar. Oh, Watson was the one who told me to get the isolation panel. We know Neil. We hear your podcast. No, you don't. You don't listen. You liar. Uh, I choose. <laughs> I've seen the movie. I. My problem with commentaries is I've got to watch the movie, mm-hmm. but I mostly only watch movies for podcasting. That is the problem. Listen, I don't care. <laughs> like, I, I can't listen to, I mostly listen to podcasts at work, and I can't listen to commentary podcasts at work because I need the movie, yep. or it just yeah. doesn't work. I what about Christians? Because I called him out a couple times, and he, and he wrote me a message. <laughs> yeah, I do listen. It's true. I listen to, I listen and support every fucking show on the network just to do it. Uh, I, I, I want to comment much more than I should. Like I want to go into the group pages and say this and that. And I think about it, but I'm always at work and I'm driving. So I can't. Then by the time I get home, forget about it. Then the next day I'm like, oh, what was I going to say? Because I have no thoughts. I, I only have like a 20 problem of mind. <laughs> That's me thinking of new memes every day. I'm like, shit, by the time I get home, I forget <laughs> half of them. <laughs> yeah. That's the experience that most of us probably have. It's like I'm in the car and you guys are with me in different areas and I, I'm like talking back to the thing. I'm like, I gotta write them afterwards. Yeah. So the last and one back- was a horror Coliseum when you guys were doing the remakes to one another. And yeah, 
that was a good and one. there's so many things i'm like i just wanted to interject and, and throw out there and i'm like fuck you forget it all no, by the I, time you get home to me yep. <laughs> that's how you know a podcast is good is if you're trying to talk back to them you know it's a good show yeah. agreed <laughs> and no no what i'm saying is about christian what i was saying about you is um what about tgif 13 you listen to that because that's um that's commentary, but it's not actually full commentary. I was going to say the only commentary show I can listen to at work is TGIF thirteen because of it being a short, condensed. Yeah, he version. skips through half the movie. You, <laughs> you skip through most of the movie. Can't really follow along with that one. Well, you know, I, I edited right. it down, but but we haven't done a show in like six months. It's been like the longest hiatus ever. We know Watson. Yeah, <laughs> but there's no excuse. There's no research. <laughs> if there's research, it's like on like this level. <laughs> Watson's like has like freaking essays he's reviewing for. I'm not uh, even on dude, that level. Of I know he just said he had like <laughs> over ten pages of notes for his new show, and yeah. I was like, dude, we had like an hour and a half long conversation about that show almost two months ago. This oh is, wait a minute! This is the, the only like, note. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I'm saying you. He. You mean the next episode he's doing of Horror Corridor? Yes. Okay. I'm, I didn't... I'm very in the know. I know a lot. I talk to Watson a lot, so I know a lot of what he has coming out. Well, I didn't know if you went it, when you said new show. I didn't know if you meant the next show he's doing or the next. You know, oh, because I he's mean, retiring Corridor. I, so I didn't know if you meant that. on that also. Oh, do you now? Yeah, I've talked to him a lot about that. We we have conversated many a times. I talked to him a lot. I don't know anything about it. Wow. Uh, well, you don't do YouTube though. I do YouTube, so like we have like oh. talk about the issues and stuff like that. You're talking about his YouTube. Oh show. no, I actually do not know this mysterious podcast. He says uh-huh. he's joining. Okay, that's good. <laughs> okay, I've, that's I've what I that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I, I've never. I, I should ask him. He probably would tell me. Is he coming on No More Room in Hell? <laughs> Not to my knowledge. <laughs> no, I think he's going to be on uh, the next version of the Horror Mafia podcast. I don't know if it's going to be Slice and Dice or uh, the, whatever version has all of them as host. Uh, I don't know. Jerry would know. <laughs> Jerry's on that shit. <laughs> I am now, yeah. You know? if uh, I mean, unless I took Watson's spot. <laughs> how, how many shows are you on now? Uh, technically eight, but two of them are on extended hiatuses, so Still. it really doesn't matter. Six, I will stick six. to my one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I, I, it's the, the stars have aligned for me. My wife works nights and weekends. So it's like, I have all the free time in the world. We don't have any kids, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, we, you know, the stars of a line. You should get a mistress. Yeah, <laughs> I tried that shit, man. It's really hard. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this is get, a, get you a mistress, take her to an old cabin in the woods. You know, and eventually he, he had a heart attack, so leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> are me, you recording, Christian? Me yeah, and I am Jerry are medical buddies. Good. The show's you begun. Know. This is the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is the show. Let's just have it start with you asking uh, uh, Jerry what um how many podcasts are you on? There you go. <laughs> All right, all right. Exploding heads. Here we are. It, it, dude, this is bonus, so we can do whatever we want. It doesn't matter. Well, it matters because we have great friends here. So it's awesome. So anyway, to be official, I'm Dave Z. I'm here with Christian as usual. Hello, everybody. We are not here with Brandon. Um, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Heal, Brandon. 
you, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. I don't know. Brandon must be pretty good. It took three of us to replace him. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, the reason these three gentlemen are here is because Brandon, you guys are Brandon's three favorite podcast hosts. So, wow. that, yeah, that's the reason. So, um, wow. I guess I got to listen more often to hear him say some good shit. So there you go. <laughs> oh no, Brandon's in a grumpy mood over the past couple episodes. He's very, he's very angry. He hit, finally hit his uh, teenage goth phase. <laughs> <laughs> we got we gotta introduce these guys. Everybody's here let's, unless they're watching the video. They don't know who we're talking about yet. Okay, let's let's introduce them. Let's talk about. You know what we'll do? We'll go with the easiest guys. First and, and the hardest guys last. Okay, easiest so, by sexual nature or <laughs> yeah, easiest to, to get in the sack to talk into it. Yeah, no, um, that's nudie for sure. Yes, it is nudie. Yeah, it's I'm nudie on both counts. <laughs> I'm, I'm the easiest and the hardest. <laughs> and that was the one note I wrote down for the show. We wanted Willis. We got nudie. thanks a lot now i'm starting to question christian's whole replace brandon thing i think i'm siding with brandon on this one christian obviously makes bad choices yeah he does he lives in canada for one oh Oh, boy (laughs) and he blew me off when he was in florida too so you know there's that it's true two years ago two years ago it's actually two years ago this week it's literally two years ago, we went down to Florida, and we were at Disney, and he was working, and I had made a message him, he's like, I'll be working, but then we went out late, and I got back from the park, like the Disney parks, and you're exhausted. So I, I, I healed out, I, I went to bed. <laughs> so Nudie, um, is it true, like we know Christian's in the circus, is it true that you're goofy? <laughs> no, I'm just fucking them. <laughs> <laughs> Nudie's fucking goofy. All right. I'm fucking goofy. Okay, so that's Nudie. He's Mr. NFW. That's the only podcast that he's a full-timer for, correct? Nice well, and now, easy, right? now I do the one with uh, Alex and Josh James, the new action show, because you know, we want to counteract the Mr. Hate action over there on the right, the left of my screen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I forgot. So what's that show called? It's the Hard to Kill podcast. We got two episodes released so far, and number three will be out. In a couple of weeks, I believe we're going to try to stagger it once, every, once every three weeks or so. Because nice. you know Alex has a tough recording schedule, so so mm-hmm. far we're liking it. Though we're having a good time. That's great. All right, so there you go. There's Nudie. You can call him Uncle Nudie, or you can call him Neil, or whatever the hell you want. He don't care. <laughs> Uncle Nudie um, sounds kind of like call me late for dinner. <laughs> well, that's what they call him on Horror Mafia. They call him Uncle Nudie. <laughs> that's what Joey calls me. Yeah. 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 So I just roll with it. I, I worry we- about that guy. <laughs> yeah, Joey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. So maybe he wasn't as easy as I thought. He does have two shows now. I forgot. Okay, that leads us to uh, Jerry Herring, who actually has three shows, but he tries to say that it's only one because it's under one banner. But uh, you, I guess you can explain it. It's all under the Kill the Cast banner because there's Jerry hates action. There's um, the, the, don't tell me there's Jer- there's underwater kaiju from outer space. Tell there me that's go. it. That's, nice. that's yes. it, right? Yeah, I, I was gonna address this. When Derek was on y'all's show, he said the whole title was Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Visions from Monsterland. The right. Vision from Monsterland is more like a catchphrase and not the actual name. Oh, really? Yeah, so that's... I would never make a podcast 
that's name is longer than Christian's dick. That's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know who you've been talking to. Is that why you named it KFC? Yeah. KFC? <laughs> that's more like it. I don't know if you could get the third letter on, actually. I fucked yeah. up my own joke. Cute French Christian. That's great. How about that? How about that? This guy has an action movie podcast. And this guy here has a hate action movie podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, Dave, you're in the same boat as me to where you're not a big fan of the action genre. And you recently, in January, decided to watch a lot of classic movies, including some action ones. I did. So you're in the same kind of boat as me. Now that you're older, do you enjoy the action movies more? Is it easier for you to turn off your brain and and just enjoy the ride? Or are you like me where you're just like, why is that ninja wearing bright orange? That makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I'll answer quickly because also I can introduce our other guest. But I'll just say this. The movies that have the most amount of action, I tend to like the least. For example, movies that are classified as action, to me, I like RoboCop. I watched RoboCop, and I really didn't notice a whole lot of car chase gun shit stuff. And then I watched another movie, like The Terminator, and I didn't notice that either. So I think if I watch Die Hard or Top Gun or something else, those are more action-y action movies, if you will. Uh, Top Gun is awful. Don't watch that. Yeah, yeah, I had a feeling it might be. But So I think I've been – the choices I've made, they haven't been the most action-y. So (laughs) for that reason, I think I'm – I think they're kind of like under the action banner. You know what I mean? But like horror movies. Some are – they're labeled horror, but they're kind of like on the fringe. Like Robocop and Terminator – yeah, they're action, but again, I think you could they could be classified a lot of sci-fi. under multiples. Right, it's multiple, and I'm okay with sci-fi because I'm a horror geek, and they're kind of they're like our, our you know our our stepsister in a way, you know. Yeah, so I agree. that's my answer to that. But now, please, let's talk to this gentleman over here who's been very gracious. Too he hasn't polite said for a the word. show. Yes, he hasn't said a word. He's sticking to the script, <laughs> Mr. Jerry Cortez. Who can I do this? Can I do this? Okay, no more room in hell. One. Um, okay, the, the side cast of that, which Fresh Cuts, okay, which is for the new ones. <laughs> I'm trying to go by what has the most action, as in releasing the most stuff. Slice and Dice seems to be jumping up there, because you, you just recently joined there. Yes. Slice and Dice. Okay, now, now let's see what comes on after that. Oh, Horror Cast, okay? Yep. Horror Cast is next, okay, so I'm okay, so that's three, or four maybe. Then after that, that's when it, then it gets a little fuzzy, because, oh, Theme Warriors, there you go. Yeah. Okay, theme wears. Okay, another one. Uh, so that's four or five. Is, is that five? Yep. Five. That's five okay. so far, yep. Okay, like a so visual five. Here. <laughs> and then, now we're getting tough. Okay, then we go to Rad Radio. Nice. That's six. Okay. Um, that's the All 80s Podcast. Um, yes, sir. Which I named, by the way. In uh, <laughs> <laughs> seven and eight. What the hell? How have you not named the easiest one? You literally just said it. Yeah. <laughs> I just said it? When you were talking to me, you said it. Oh, me, oh, that. Underwater there, Kaiju. There you go. Yes, there you go. Okay. I have no idea what the eighth one is, even though he says it every time I record. Yeah, the eighth one has not recorded an oh, episode yet. Beneath the ah. Zenith. Yeah, Beneath no, the Zenith no, it's, is it's, it's technically... Gone. Yeah, the, sadly, ah. 
Well, but, but yes, it's Zenith, well. you know, probably one of my favorite podcasts that I did. But uh, unfortunately, with the return of Slice and Dice Dreadcast, Joey and Bill and J-Mac didn't really have the time to dedicate to that podcast. Because, I mean, Beneath the Zenith, because we were covering conspiracy theories and unsolved events and things like that, had a lot of prep involved. You know, a lot of, you know, going to I, I, I even went to a library once. Go figure. I checked out some encyclopedias. Yes. Whoa. Go figure. Because I. I couldn't find all the information on a certain topic that I wanted online. So I actually, yeah, I went the brick and mortar route and uh, looked up some books in the library and found the information I was looking for. Um, but yeah, to, to speak on the eighth podcast, um, it's a true crime podcast that I'm still working on with a friend of mine out here in L.A. It's just going to be the two of us. We're both just huge on like um, true crime, um, serial killers. We, we Between the two of us, we know more about serial killers than anybody really should. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so it's a subject that's near and dear to my heart that obviously stemmed from my love of horror movies. And um, yeah, hopefully before 2019 is out, that one will have at least one episode available. We don't even have a title for that one yet. Go figure. Wow. Well, well dude, that's OK. So you're telling me you found another guy to produce another producer. Well, I'm probably wow. going to be driving the bus on that one most of the time. So. You, you, oh, you can do that stuff now. You've learned to produce and edit and all that shit. I'm in the process, yes. Oh, you're going to regret it. Um, I know okay. I am. <laughs> I refuse to I do like it. I like how Daisy is like, you're going to regret it. And Christian's over here like, yep. Asshole. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Christian, but Christian, he'll tell you. I don't, I don't rush. I don't say anything. I say take as much time as you need, even if it sure. takes you two weeks to edit it. I've said this since from jump. When we formed the podcast, I said, listen, obviously, you're the producer and editor. You're not going to get any pressure from me because I understand how hard it is. And that's it. We're going to record. And when you see fit to release it, see fit. If it, if it comes out two or three weeks after we record, it does. Have I ever, ever given you uh, Absolutely any, any not. shit? No, it's I, I used to be really bad. Sometimes when I'd be like two episodes behind way back when we try to keep it on that schedule. But it was it was uh, a couple of times I'm like, what the hell, man? Because I try to listen in real time. And when they're five hour shows. That's uh, that's tedious sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Luckily, tonight will not be a five-hour show. You'll be okay. And let me say thank editing. you, everybody. <laughs> Don't edit. It's a bonus show. I'll get to that. It's a bonus show. Thank you guys for, for coming on here. Yeah, thank this you. Is all, yeah, this is all your first times, and we're really happy and excited about it. And But let me just say, Brandon, this is, this is not an official show. It's a bonus show. There's, it's not numbered. Like, it's not show 80. We're only going to do a numbered show with Brandon. We said it a long time ago. If someone couldn't make it, we wouldn't even do a show. You said it like two episodes ago. Yeah. I've always said it. Uh, maybe I didn't say it on the show until on. Yeah. The thing is, that's why this is not official. And we're really doing it because Brandon wants to listen. And because he he's dealing with some family matters, as it is. And um, he's, he's on a small hiatus. Hopefully, he's just going to miss one show. If it's a second show, then we'll have another bonus. But... Um, out of respect for him, he 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 felt bad holding us off, even though we were okay okay with chilling. He said, "You know what? Record the show. It'll be fun to listen to you guys." So he brought on some of you know some of some of his favorite podcasters, some of our favorite podcasters. We're just gonna hey, meal. Duty <laughs> 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 too. Yes. <laughs> He's probably at home going right now, going Neil. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all yeah, put the Neil in the coffin on this one. Can't come on the show. <laughs> How Neil doesn't have a podcast called Nudie Tunes by now is beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we can go out and make that show together, Jerry. You can produce. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's the new Dave Z over here. <laughs> hey man, you gotta do it. Fuck that. It's hard enough to freaking watch the movies and take notes. I can't produce too. Are you kidding? I don't have the patience. I was just trying to make a little thing that you guys are gonna hear later, a phone call that I that I received from someone who's in one of the movies we're gonna talk about tonight. And I kinda had to uh edit it a little bit because you know, sometimes you have to edit. And even doing that, my wife and I almost had a fucking knock him out, drag out fight for freaking fifteen minutes just over me having to edit that for, for a few minutes. So <laughs> You know what, Dave? Next time, just send it to me, and I'll do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I've already heard the horror stories from the previous wife. I don't know if we need that to happen again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. You'll see when I play it. You'll you'll get the you'll you'll respect what I did. Hopefully, yeah. So Brandon is not going to be here. We love you, B. Hopefully, you're back soon. And uh, I, I just did get a couple of texts. The audience thanks you for not being here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, Brandon, I love me, you, but <laughs> if they offer me as a replacement, I'm going to take it. My Saturday nights are open. Yeah. <laughs> we can't make it a, we, we can't make it official because it's you're the patron and we have so many things. We put it up uh, on the page. We have so many things that people have picked out. We just figured that the people that are paying, that are uh, that are that are helping us here, that are patrons, they want to hear Brandon do the show. They don't want to, you know what I mean? And out of respect for that, we're not going to do anything that, that the patrons have chosen on a show like this. We're just going to, tonight we're talking about fun movies. We have friends here and we're just going to have fun. Matter of fact, the, the movies are Night of the Creeps and My Buddy Valentine, the original. Fun shit. You know, that's fun. how I look at it. We're just, you know, Christian looks like he's at a convenience store and a white lady is just going crazy because her coffee's cold. <laughs> like, have you ever looked at him when he's listening? He's just like. Almost in a shock and all like state, I, but it's very mild. Like he doesn't know how to react. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe I'm podcasting with Dave. <laughs> Still, I can't either, man. I, Four I years either. in, I got luck. Yeah, I'm always like that. I don't know where to look. There's a camera right here. I'm like, what's going on? I, would it help you if I took my shirt off? I know. Oh, no, I don't, no, I don't God. think so. I'm only 147 pounds. It'll look great. <laughs> you can do it. The patrons want to see it. Maybe. Yeah. You can was do that it. A level? Take some pay for that. <laughs> you know what? I will come on here and take my shirt off for the Exploding Heads patron. Make it a tier, and I'll I'll come out, I'll come and do a whole show topless. Shirtless Jerry. It's I'll a new give tier, you... and uh, if Jeremy wants to make his own tier where he's topless, we'll see which one makes the most money. <laughs> oh. Nice. How about a tear to keep uh, his clothes on? I'll give extra money for that. Venom, you better be careful because I will just start sending you nudes. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Speaking of Jeremy and um, beating somebody, we did it. We did, And believe me, I'm not here to, to brag about it because I'm, I'm not one for that. But he was the one that, that fired the shot and said, you know, we could never overtake uh, 22 shots in the patrons. And it only took a month, and we did it. So fuck you, Jeremy. <laughs> you know what? Jeremy much. always fires the first shots because he's he's the one that started the war between me and him. I didn't start it. He oh, did, gosh. just like he started the war with y'all on Patreon. Right. Oh, he doesn't this, even I listen to the shows. Fight. Yeah, I don't even think he, he listens to his own show. No, nope. I don't think he does. I agree. I I take the show and edit him out, and then listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> He's too busy getting coffee for directors. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's true. Like I mean, I was just listening to their show today, and they were talking about uh, talking about that a bit. But it was great how moods would edit in like little uh, shut up, shut up, shut up <laughs> sound bites in there. It was great. I haven't heard the newest one, but I know the last one they had uh, snoring during Jeremy's solo reviews. <laughs> that was great. I'm very familiar with that snoring, too. Did you guys know who that was? Mike Merriman. Yes, sir. I'm what? very familiar with that snore. That was the Merriman snore? I didn't. That's I knew that fun. he fell. Oh, I knew that he fell asleep. I, I was even there that night. It was for the Joe Bob thing. Oh, I didn't know that it was really a snore. I just figured it was a soundbite that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was just a sound, but I thought it was from the Stern show, actually. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, he's not Alex Edwards. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Oh, wow. That's great. Thanks to the patrons for, for helping us beat Jeremy. It's not it's not us against 22 shots. It was us against Jeremy because he talks shit. So even if it's just for a month, we're happy to do it, right? Yeah. Done. Yeah. So we love you all. We'll talk more about that next show. We don't want to get into that tonight. We're just going to... We're just loosey-goosey. We're just hanging out. So we're going to do those two movies. We're going to talk about a topic in the middle that we talked about on the page the other day that I think might be interesting. And that's about it. I don't know. So Dave, what's your shirt? It looks like it says Battle Brazil, and it looks like a Godzilla shirt. And I'm like, there's no way he has a Godzilla shirt. Okay, it's two people lovingly looking to each other, depressed, probably listening to The Cure. Uh, Battle Royale. Royale. Oh, he's taking off his pants. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Ten pantsless, yeah. That's a new tier. <laughs> I'm show you his pepperoni. Thirty bucks, right? Thirty bucks to see. I uh, forget it. I'm gonna try to be. Clean. I'm gonna try to be clean here. <laughs> Why? So, yeah. Why tonight? Yeah, I was gonna say you have Christian's hair here. Why would you try to be clean? Yeah. <laughs> For the other listeners, I don't know. I don't know. I'm uh, trying to be an ambassador of uh, not being as dirty as I used to be on the mic. So. Well, I I called someone a dirty birdie the other day because of oh. you. Nice. Who'd you call a dirty birdie? My fiance. Nice. <laughs> Did you say it while you were in the sack? Uh, no, no. We were at work, and we have this joke where she'll come and hit on me as if she's not my girlfriend, oh. and I'll like deny her and like call her garbage or a whore or something like that in a funny way. And I was just like, "Listen here, you dirty birdie. I'm engaged." <laughs> like all, pro- I said it like really proper. I was like, "Listen here, you dirty birdie. I am engaged." <laughs> Nice, dude. No, ma'am. And I walked away. I <laughs> oh, happened ma'am. to be listening to a Sorry, ma'am. at the yeah. time. Right? Oh, that's great. So, where do you work? It's like Arby's or something. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I've never Come seen on. the inside of your bedroom. Um, uh, no, I work uh, at Sam's Club. Okay. I don't have those in Canada, but we, it's we, a store where a people day. shop. Yeah. I don't know how to say that in French, but I'm, I'll hope you understand. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Just I'm not familiar with key. consumerism. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I don't. Y'all are French Canadians, and you're like French Italian, so you rob people with a baguette or something. I don't know really what you do. I, Your racism's all over the place. That's it. Uh, it's light racism. Put it this way: when we, when we go to the doctor, we don't have to pay. I am oh. jealous of that, except for yeah, all the, all the snowbirds that come here and then tell me, yeah, I got to come here for a hip replacement. And I'm like, why? Why are you paying money here? And then lines are too long or something. They got to take a number. So y'all's healthcare insurance is like our DMVs. It's, well, it's a, it's a catch-22. <laughs> Some people complain about that because, yeah, they might have to wait. I've never once had that problem. 
no one that I'm a, 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 that I'm related to or that I know has had that issue. But yes, it does. It does. It gets exist where by going to the states and being able to pay gets gets you faster service. But tell me, is that a better system? I don't no, know how we got on this. But... <laughs> I owe like twenty thousand fucking dollars for a, ho- a fucking my hospital visit in October. See, that's yep. nuts, yep. man. That is fucking crazy. Yeah. They charge me like fucking uh, three shit. grand because someone had to watch me for like fucking three days under suicide watch. I'm like, they didn't have to do anything. They had to fucking sit there. Why? Why are you paying? Why do I have to pay three grand because they got to sit there? Wow. Maybe they heard your and- show. <laughs> I, mean, that's why I was in there. They're like, we heard your show. They're like, that's that not your help. that again. <laughs> I'm just, but fuck, that's what I'm saying, man. That's crazy. Yeah. I'd be bad. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I moved to Canada, but I don't like cold weather. So, yeah. fuck yeah, We're snow. still getting it, man. Fuck Holy smokes. Right. Me too. I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I, but yeah. I Fahrenheit. I only talk Fahrenheit when I'm talking pool temperatures. Otherwise, it's all Celsius over here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Stop. Stop. This is a thing? You're trying to tell me that in Canada, when you have a pool and you dip that thermometer in the pool and I, you pull it out and it, and it says 78? I've always you said say yeah, 78. I do. I, and immediately, I'm not kidding you. I'll be oh, like, just oh, the, no, no, I don't know if it's just me, but I'll be like, yep, the pool's 80 today. Or, the, well, I don't have a pool anymore, but pool's 80, 85, whatever it may be. But if I'm talking about like the day to day weather, I'm like, oh, it's like, you know, 25 degrees out. <laughs> Celsius. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. It's the wow. French Canadian in me. There's no Canada like France, Canada. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's oh, great. Well, let's man. talk about Canada. It's our first movie. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll regroup. And we'll talk about our first movie because it's Canadian. So how's that? My oh, buddy what Bill. a segue. Holy Canadian shit. classic. That's why I'm here. That's why they pay me the big bucks. Thanks, patrons. <laughs> and fuck you, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> You're in the hall of fuckers now. Hey. <laughs> If the Hall of Fuckers is important, I am the very first inductee, so fucking royalty. Aren't you Nudie, aren't you in the Hall of Fuckers too? Yeah, I think I was number two. Yeah. The other guy it started with the other I guy. I invented right? the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right, you did. You know what we should do? We should make a t shirt for the patrons. Yeah. This is fuck Jeremy on it. <laughs> oh, you should. Awesome. Why not? That would, that that would be awesome. I call him Derek's replacement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can start a hashtag bring back Derek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, well, listen, we'll take a quick break. We'll regroup. We'll get into some Canadian stuff. So we'll see you on the flips. Hello. Have you ever heard of MSK 3000? Yeah, well, we ain't them. But we are movie fans who like to drink and talk shit about our favorite movies. So join me, your host, Nudie, along with my co-host, Jake the Snake, and special guest stars as we dissect our favorite, or maybe not-so-favorite movies, on the NFW Podcast, otherwise known as No Fucking Way. You can catch us on Heartophilia, and also at NFW underscore podcast on Twitter, or NFWpodcast at yahoo.com. Nice. Jerry Herring fucks trainings. That's all you missed. <laughs> nice. That was this is our tagline for this show. Oh, <laughs> Jerry fucks trannies. That's his new podcast. Jerry hates me. Yeah, I ju- <laughs> Jerry loves trannies. <laughs> he still hates action, but he loves trannies. <laughs> hey, trannies uh, make the world go round. So what do you think, Kenneth? <laughs> hey, don't knock it. I've been to Brazil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, best of both worlds. I'm just telling you. 
And don't ask Kenneth because he's not into anything unless it's dead. Then he's inside of it. Oh, nice. <laughs> what about a dead tranny? Oh, oh he would go. be inside of it. We had a whole conversation on our way to Days of the Dead Atlanta about the morality of necrophiliacs. And the thing we we're talking about three necrophiliacs go into a graveyard, and one's like, All right, I'm going to go fuck this lady. And another one's like, All right, I'm going to go fuck this kid. And the other two looking like, What the fuck? That's fucked up. And then the third guy goes, all right, I got to go find a dog. <laughs> and it brings up, even when you're doing something as disgusting as fucking a dead body, there are levels of morality to it. Yeah. You, you can edit that out. That, no. I don't care. Oh, right. Right. I don't care. I think we already talked look about it. Look at Dave's face. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> I went I'm, up to piss I'm, and I come back to... <laughs> he leaves for five minutes. <laughs> I'm just confused. It's okay, though. It's good. <laughs> so, my bloody valentine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My buddy Valentine. And we're, we're back. back. <laughs> yes. And we're back. Yes, indeed. Oh, this is weird. Brandon's not here to read the synopsis. That's fucked up. Every single show we've ever done, Brandon's read the synopsis for a for a thing. You know what? Out of respect for Brandon, I say nobody reads it. I say that our listeners, number one, we're gonna spoil everything in, in the in, in the movies we're gonna talk tonight. And we are going to spoil Many things in our discussion we're going to have a, 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 in between the two movies. So it's a real spoiler-filled show. We're going to have some fun. And that's it. My Buddy Valentine from 1981. If you don't know it, just <laughs> stop. Go watch the movie and come back. And we're going to spoil it. If you don't know it, I don't know. I'm not going to say you're listening to the wrong show. We're happy to have you. But I think you should go check it out. And maybe not everybody's as high on the movie as I am, but let's find out. For we know this. When we did our Top 50 Slasher show, uh, me... Christian and Brandon. Yep. It was my number nine movie. I rated it a nine out of ten. These two guys, Brandon and Christian, I don't know what number they had it at, but I know they both gave it a nine and a half. So it's in the Hall of Fame for us. I uh, I'll have to check. I think it was very high for me. Yeah, it was my number six. There you go. And like I said, it was really high. Brandon gave it a nine and a half. He doesn't just throw out nine and a halfs like fucking candy. So it's probably in his top five. Or yeah. who knows. But, you he know, only so throws out nine and a half when you two throw out nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> it's you a sausage it. fest. <laughs> so, well, yeah. Jeez. Uh, 81. 81, the year of the slasher, the best year in horror, in somebody's opinion, at least mine. Interesting. Yo, did everyone watch the that. uncut version with the extra three minutes? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You kind of have to at this point because, although. On DVD, oh yeah, no, no. I, I believe on DVD and on Blu-ray, both ones that have been issued in the last like fifteen years, the the option is there. I know that the, the Blu-ray is now out of print, and it, it's hard to come by for people that didn't snag it right when it came out. But I'm pretty sure since they since it, it was released on anything besides VHS, they gave the option. So hopefully, everyone's watched the right version. You know, not. it was the third blu-ray i ever bought i bought it i technically bought it with like i bought it with goodfellas and the crow on a black friday for four bucks each wow years nice. ago <laughs> nice deals wow does everybody own this movie in some some way yep. yes uh, unfortunately times. no sir i do not i watched it on voodoo oh okay. voodoo mm-hmm. you i watched it today on voodoo so yep. it's not the uncut version though unfortunately it's, but oh it's not but you've seen the uncut <laughs> version oh yeah yeah i own the uncut oh, yeah. version i just it was too lazy to put it on on my blu-ray players <laughs> just watched it on voodoo <laughs> that's what it's come to you're too yes, lazy yeah. to walk a few steps open a box and <laughs> put something my TV in the is like right there <laughs> <laughs> and my movies are right there 
Holy shit. God bless you, buddy. <laughs> I've seen it a hundred times, so yeah. It's a so great slasher. It. I mean, yeah. It, oh, yeah. This, in my top ten. I Well, I, I think a lot of people, it's grown on a lot of people as well, but when I first saw it back in the day, I liked it. But I think I think the cut version kind of hindered the my overall enjoyment, uh, and then just in the probably the last well, I don't know the last decade it, it just sort of grown on me. You know I'll say this my rating of it went I don't really rate movies but my enjoyment of the movie went way higher this time because uh, I probably haven't watched it in I don't know uh, eight years whenever that Blu-ray first came out I watched it then and that's it I haven't wa- I have not watched it since so watching it this oh. time. I I didn't mind the integrating of the new scenes. I actually thought they looked really cool. There was something weird about how kind of uh, grainy and, and whited, like the way they were lighted because of the grain and everything, it, it kind of went to a grindhouse feel. It made me feel like, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to see this. <laughs> and it, it made true. me enjoy the film even more. I agree. I, I get that sentiment completely. Uh, yeah, I mean – at first, when you see something like that, it's a little bit jarring to see the different, you know, uh, the quality in it. And you're like, okay, well, obviously this was ripped from VHS. Or so it's not that horrible at all, don't get me wrong. But there's an obvious drop in quality. And at first, the first time I got the DVD and I noticed them, I was excited to get those scenes because I had never seen them. Much like Christian, I saw it when I was young and I liked it and it was just another slasher. And uh, I was like, well, I wish it would have been more gory. And then when this came out and I saw it that way, it was very noticeable on the DVD but I didn't care. I was happy to have the gore. And then that elevated it, of course, being a gore hound and a slasher fan. But here's the funny thing. I'm to the point now with this movie that I think it holds up in the regular version without the gore. There's really? I agree. I agree. There's charm to it. There's a charm to this movie. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. Yeah. Granted, I'm a gore hound. And every time, I, every time, every fucking time I sit down and watch this movie, I'm going to put on the uncut version. But I'm saying if you take that stuff out... This movie did have a reputation before the before anyone saw the uncut version because we didn't get to see it until the 2000s. You know what I mean? So this was still a movie that people discussed, people talked about, you read about it, My Buddy Valentine. It wasn't like a forgotten movie. People still referenced it when they talked about slashers they loved from the 80s. So it was popular yeah. even without the gore. So that's saying something. And it's one of those movies that we talk about where we're like, oh, it got cut so much by the censors. But this time we actually got to see at least half. Well, how much did they say? Was it six minutes or nine minutes that were cut out? I, I think they know, said but... nine minutes was cut out, but some of it was just stupid dialogue and stuff to trim the movie. And then like six minutes of it was actual gore. And we got three minutes of that gore back missing. The big thing we're missing apparently is the drill scene. We did right. that is gone. Mm-hmm. But it's those, it's movies like uh, this one and then Friday the 13th part seven and Event Horizon, where there's these mythical, uncut scenes that we we never get to see, but with My Bloody Valentine, we got it. Yeah, we got mm-hmm. the Friday lost two. version of it. Friday two is what oh, we want, right? Oh, don't I? Yeah, wish. I, honestly, Event Horizon's my biggest one, just because I want to see how crazy it was mm-hmm. from what they've talked about. And we can't see it. Event Horizon is no. That they they garbage. said it all ended up on the cutting floor and is oh. gone. No clue. So bizarre, because that's like a more modern film, right? It's something from like the the well, obviously and the eighties. Right? The and it's a g- movie that like everyone loves. Because I didn't watch it until last year when Kenneth found out I had never seen it, and he called me an idiot and made me watch it. Uh, <laughs> so I watched it because a lot of times, like I you like have him. those, 
Yeah, you have those friends that are like you have like because Kenneth is the first person who sent me down to watch Lucio Fulci Zombie, Cannibal Holocaust, um, and he's the one that made me watch In the Mouth of Madness. So he he's always one of those people. If he tells me to watch something, most of the times I'll watch it as long as it's not porn because he also is always recommending me porn. <laughs> I actually lost a girlfriend because of Event Horizon. Uh, I oh, saw that. you're gonna see it because of porn. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I've I've gained a couple of girlfriends because of porn. But that's a story for yeah, another. You've podcast. seen his porno tape, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I saw this in theaters uh, with the girl I was dating at the time, and. Uh, it, it was a new relationship. I didn't really know a whole lot about her. This was kind of like my feeling out process and she couldn't take it. She walked out of the theater about half, uh, I'd say, no, less than half. I'd say about a half hour into the movie, she walked out and I did not follow her. I stayed in the theater. <laughs> I the fucking movie. I didn't care. Uh, when I got out of the movie, yeah, when I got out of the movie, she was long gone, and yeah, I got a, uh, I got a fuck you page. <laughs> yes, this is the day of pages. <laughs> oh. uh, and she just texted me fuck you, and that was the last time I saw her. So Jerry's like, I paid for the damn popcorn. I'm yeah. not leaving. <laughs> really, man, I paid for her ticket, and she wasted it like that. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, you don't need that type of negativity in your life, man. Yeah. yeah. The truth was he couldn't get the popcorn bucket off his penis. <laughs> <laughs> it took that long. The bag doesn't hold up as well as the bucket. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm guessing this is like 93 era sometime. 97, like that. isn't it? You said 97. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah. Oh, you're talking about Event Horizon. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I thought oh, you were yeah. talking about my buddy Valentine. Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay, I'm sorry. Wait, why would it be I 93 if it was my bloody Valentine? <laughs> well, maybe that was the first time he saw it. At a theater, oh. I'm saying, because he does live in sunny California. Maybe he didn't. Maybe they happened to play it at a theater in California, and he happened to go with a girl. That's what I was thinking. Okay, I got confused. I'm sorry. So, so Mr. Venom, what about... My Bloody Valentine. When did you see My that? My Bloody Valentine. Uh, I did end up seeing in the theater, though it wasn't an opening weekend. Um, I was, I mean, I was only eleven at the time, but I had, I had these cousins, these three older cousins. All of them were female. They saw the movie and absolutely loved it, and they just, they started describing it to me, and I'm like. About halfway through, I'm like, it was almost like a podcast. Like they were literally describing every single scene, characters, personalities, everything. And about Better halfway through, yeah, probably. <laughs> and, <laughs> and about halfway through, I stopped them and I'm like, all right, stop. I want to see this. So uh, the following weekend, they snuck me into a theater because th this theater was one of those big uh, national cinemas. So they actually checked IDs. So Back I couldn't then, actually... they always check no matter what. Yeah, that's not... what sucked. I, if I went to the more independent theaters, they really didn't, like the Strand or the or the Wiltern or something. But if you go to one of the big national chains, yeah, they almost always checked. You know, so if you they, blow them, they'll let you in for free, right? Uh, probably, Not no I was 11 years old. I'm pretty sure it's illegal for me to blow anybody. <laughs> Catholic? Escaping Neverland, anyone. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, uh, the following weekend, went to see it, absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I've always had a little bit of an issue with the ending, which we'll get to eventually. But yeah, otherwise, uh, I, this movie from first watch, I absolutely fell in love with it. I'm not nearly the slasher fan that Dave is, but I would probably still have this top 10 or 15 if I, if I did a slasher list. You nice. saw it in the theater, man. Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. So yes. you guys luck out. Here's where the States is better. Oh. The only time the States is better. 
Yeah, the you're R rated. Your R rating <laughs> means that you can go in with someone over eighteen. Not in Canada. In Canada is like nope. <laughs> now this is back in the day. Our rating systems changed a little bit. Now we've got, um, but even for for restricted, it still means if you're under eighteen, you cannot go see it in the theater. You could always blow them, you know. <laughs> Nowadays that works. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling it doesn't matter what country you're in. If you blow them, yeah. you'll get in. <laughs> Regardless Unless you're terrible list. at it. Those damn Mounties. <laughs> no, if you're terrible at it, they'll be like, you know what? Just go ahead. Just, you know, go ahead. Don't, I'll don't come just back. I'll myself. Just go watch your damn movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just charge you for the popcorn if you're bad at it. Jerry's like, I'm learning. Give me a break. <laughs> oh, dude, by 11, right I promise. had that down packed. I'm from Alabama. <laughs> oh, nice. Woo! You have to practice on then. That's different. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> Have you seen my facial hair? It grows in what I like to call Alabama trailer park. Very nice. <laughs> I know he looks like fucking Jeff Galuli over there. Holy shit. <laughs> Jeff Galuli. I can't wait for you to grow your beard back, Dave. I like De- Jedi Dave. I do too, but unfortunately, Irene oh, does man. not. My wife doesn't fucking dig it. She likes what I got right now. A little scruff action, a little rugged. But when it becomes hippie, which is really what I am, she don't dig it. So, I mean, it's like I want you to look homeless, just not California homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I like the it's... Michael Myers Dave. Yeah. Me too. The H2 yeah. Dave. I that love it. I... Dude, I love it. <laughs> and my wife's from California. She just don't fucking dig it, man. She's from San Francisco. You think that she'd be down with a hippie look, but no, it, does, it doesn't work. So, look what I did. See, I cut my hair. Look, I took a fucking razor. I said, boom, I'm going to take away my hair and my beard. Are you happy? But Oh, so that was by choice? <laughs> yeah, that was because I was lazy. You took a razor to <laughs> it, guys. Yeah. Well, no, not a razor. I, I took a, a like a Brutus the Barber beefcake thing and just <laughs> the shears. Yeah. I think you should be the next Vader time. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> so yeah, um, let me tell you something about this film. And it's something that's lost. And I watched this movie, uh, my daughter was watching it with me yesterday, and I had to point it out to her. I said, come here, I go, look at this. The, the title card in the beginning, when you get that little thing, and it says, my buddy Valentine with the hearts and the blood dripping. What a lost art. The, the beginning with, the, with the, the title card and the end with the ballad of Harry Warden, just great things that you didn't see them on all the movies in 81, but you saw it in this movie. And if you're going to see it, it's going to be in 19, early 80s. What a shame that, that that's gone the way of the dinosaur. You would think that everyone now that tries to, you know, replicate 1980s horror would think to do that. Isn't it strange that nobody has unless all the boys so- love Mandy Lane is the only one that I can think of that did that. And now and, it, and funny enough, that's not a traditional slasher as the movie right. progresses on, but it's set up kind of as one. And I remember that c- title card. uh and it reminded me of an old school slasher, but that's it. You're right. Like all the like the uh, Final Girls and the one we just did a couple of episodes ago that I forgot uh, from last year. Oh, you might be the killer. You might be the killer. Thank you. And Thomas else, will ruin me. Yeah. Charlie's Farm, Lost After Dark, tons of movies that we've seen the past like three or four years. Uh, that you know they want to do the '80s vibe, slasher vibe, especially. Um, no one does that, and it's such an easy thing. I, I love. I want that. I mean, I'm sure you, I could go to eBay right now and type in "My Buddy Valentine" T-shirt, and you, you could probably see that logo on one. But you know, sitting here right now talking about it, I'm like, yes, 
I want that, you know? It's so cool. It's just, I don't know. I miss I that. I agree with you. Uh, especially when I think about that, like, that title card. Because it also, it has a 70s charm to it, even though it's 81. It reminds me of a title card from the 70s because the next year you have the title card for The Thing, which looks way more futuristic, even though it's only the next year. It's almost, but you're right. No True. one does title cards like that anymore. Right? What a lost art. I, it was almost animated. Yeah. I mean, although title yeah. cards are typically graphics, but that looked like a, like an actual cartoon, like an animation. Well, wasn't it? Wasn't there uh, well, blood, well, it was. uh, there, blood there dripping? Was, actually. I mean, yeah, I so there so. was a little animation thrown in. Man, I love it. That's something about the charm of this movie. Almost like Friday 2. And you know how I blow Friday 2. And, and, and you know, Friday I'm 1. Cr- it's, got, it's got banjo in it as well, man. Anything with banjo <laughs> is fine by me. <laughs> banjo is great, but... What Banjos I'm saying is must mean something different in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think of deliverance when I hear banjos. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I do. <laughs> yeah, my, my ass puckers up instantly. <laughs> Jerry's opens. Yeah. <laughs> Says the guy who has the banjo. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy that has the banjo. <laughs> Feed me more. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's the camaraderie in this film. Yep. This feels, Valentine's Bluff feels like a real place, like Haddonfield kind of does. And like, and I, I know, Christian, you love Friday 1 more than 2, but Friday 2 has that feeling to me, the camaraderie with everybody and the way they carry on. It feels believable, and you feel like you wish you could be there and be engaging in those conversations and knowing these characters. This is a rare movie, especially there's a lot of slashers. This is one, like I said earlier, it's the charm. There's just something about this film that I can't put into words. It's something you experience. Maybe I'm blowing it too hard, but I love the film. When I sit down and watch it, it's an experience. Like I feel like I'm there and it's charm is the best way I, I could put well, it. I can't really the explain characters are it. Likeable. Sorry for cutting you yeah. off, but I think that's what you... No. That, that's it. You actually care. The fact that there's a little love triangle, which could have been very cheesy, but the guys are like, look, we've got a problem here. What are we going to do about it? And, like, they actually kind of... They don't just fight, they're, although it can it does lead to that in a couple of scenes. They're, they're trying to work it out. And, and it works. So it actually propels this above a lot of what else was coming out at that time frame because you like i said you actually care so there's charm banjo gore and a fast pace i'm with mr venom a little bit that it's a little problematic at the end just from a timing issue of the reveal (laughs) but (laughs) yeah oh well (laughs) i agree with you about the characters i mean the characters feel very organic they feel like you said they're they're very likable they're not caricatures by any stretch right and that's when horror movies tend to lose me when they have just absolute cartoon characters as uh you know a protagonist and and this movie just doesn't have that which really helps it stand the test of time well they have the one cartoon character but who's snorting cans of Sprite or ginger ale or whatever they drink up there. <laughs> yeah. like, but because he's kept to a very minimum for really small no. po- comedic punches, it never overstays welcome. When I was watching it I was like I can't believe this was made in 1981. It it feels way more v- like vicious with its kills than a lot of other movies. I think Canada might have just been ahead of their time when it came to slashers. Because even when I watch Black Christmas, I think Black Christmas is ahead of its time. And I think the same thing with My Bloody Valentine. I don't know how Canada fucked it all up eventually, but they they were ahead of their time for a 
for for the early horror boom. Uh, well, a lot of them were co- like, there's a lot of co-productions, right? The tax shelter and whatnot. And that's kind of what led to uh, like uh, Terror Train Prom Night, uh, this and, and many more. Uh, so some of them are Canadian productions and some are American Canadian co-productions. But they came up here to make movies because they got great tax benefits from it. And what yeah. about the the crazy Ralph character? I mean, that that bartender was awesome. <laughs> that that that's my favorite yeah. scene is when he sets up the fake the fake miner and then oh. the real miner shows up. Yeah. That's like my favorite scene in the whole movie. I love and it. And he's so happy. If yeah. he would have just walked away, but he's you know one more time he had to do it. <laughs> and <laughs> best kill, best kill in the movie. It's Going the through the jaw too, yeah. and then out the eyeball. Yeah. Oh yeah. my yeah. god. And you're right yes. about the mean, like, you, you, I can understand what you're saying about the mean spiritness, like the viciousness. Sorry, I can understand the viciousness factor. I don't think it's mean spirited, though, because maybe it's because of the setup of the characters. So you just care more than right. when they die. Um, so it is vicious for sure. And that bartender is actually in Black Christmas as well. I've just noticed this on repeat viewings of both movies. Uh, wow. And he's really? just one of the guys. I think he comes at the door to help with the the search of like the girl or, or something like oh. that. Pops up at the door in Black Christmas. Fun Star Wars Side connection. Note. Chief Newbie is the voice of Boba Fett and Boba Fett's first appearance in the cartoon of uh, the Star Wars Christmas special. Oh God, is that for real? Dead up, <laughs> dead serious. Wow. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. There you wow. go. I, I, I thought that was that was very interesting, and I also want to say wow, Hollis is the coolest character ever. He's Not only great. is he rocking a badass mustache, he manhandles TJ and Alex. Like it looks like if if Dave Z had to stop Christian and Brandon from fighting, just just <laughs> fucking manhandles them. It's great. I I love his character. You're, you're right. The, all the characters in this movie are so fucking good because even with uh like. TJ, he's moody, but he's not too moody. Right. Um, Axel, he's he's a dick, but he's not too much of a dick. Like everyone is very realistic. They're yeah. they're they're not teenagers. These are adults, so they're more constrained with their uh, characteristics. And the girls were real too. Like they weren't all models. You know, they're the normal normal looking women that you would think that these guys would be dating. Not, yeah, you know, WD, was watching this WB movie models like... and I don't know. They just it all fit. Like Hollis, he had a, a chubbier girlfriend, which you would think a fat guy would have a chubbier girlfriend. You know, it just it all worked Yo, out. You know, I like, thought Hollis was, was a they were, all, they were all good. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Patty, I think is the hottest girl. Yeah, I do. I actually, the girl that I like in this movie doesn't even have a line. It's the girl that walks away from the jukebox when What's Her Face comes over to talk to <laughs> TJ. I don't know if you noticed that girl, but ah, yeah. uh, oh, she was stunning. She gets pissed it. off. She looks pissed yes. off that TJ starts playing that game and ignores yeah. her. Yeah, we gonna talk about uh, Andy Dalton and his snot boogers hanging out of his nose when he was crying to the chief about his girlfriend being killed. <laughs> <laughs> it's called so realism but that's good i love that too because Every time i see it i want to throw up though it's so gross throw up. <laughs> it's so nasty like puke I... and snot and ugh this is when you can it. tell nudie has never had a cocaine bender no. <laughs> i, I thought you were gonna say girlfriend say <laughs> hey you we know we've had one i've had one of those at least <laughs> okay pamela Henderson doesn't count <laughs> no, there's been pictures online, fella. 
Oh, yeah, because you can't pay someone for a picture. Get out of here. Hey, you've seen my Photoshop skills. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Valid point. I let this pass. I know this because Nudie will message me with like four pictures like, hey, which one is the best? It's true. I like to gauge them first because, you know, but sometimes my wit doesn't catch on. So I'm like, does this one make more sense than that one? <laughs> <laughs> I got. I thought to cut you guys off from your little back and forth there, but the we haven't even talked about the fact that we talked Valentine's Bluffs, but we haven't talked about the fact of the mine. Just what a setting, yes, for, for the film, and and how that adds like another element to it altogether. Uh, I I love it. I've always loved that aspect of it as well. The backstory uh, is done pretty cool, uh, and the um, the fact that they bring the climax back to it as well. I think that that's another sort of quote unquote character of the film and, and definitely elevates it. I agree. Yep. Yeah. The settings look <laughs> amazing. The town looks uh, very small and homey. The mines look awesome. I, I enjoy the hell out of like just looking at the mine. The scene where uh, Harry Warden, well, Alex Harry Warden, the Guns N' Roses Harry Warden, is going <laughs> through the mine and just like hitting the lights. Yeah. It just looks, that's just such a fucking awesome scene. Yeah. Yes. It was a great setting. I actually wish I would have seen more of it. Like, I, I wish that rec room that they used was actually in the mine. Uh, they, yeah, weird. One thing that I did I did not like is, is when they're all like, let's go down to the mine. I'm like, do you see what you're wearing? It is February mm. in Canada. <laughs> you're going to tell me you're going to take your ass down there in that cold mine. Because you know it's got to be freezing down there oh boy mm -hmm. oh yeah hey, they took some blankets <laughs> that's right oh yeah the one couple <laughs> took the blanket so they could have sex to create body heat and i mean he really <laughs> drilled her so it worked out but still <laughs> it, it's too literally cold. i am not trying to get my dick sucked in a mine on valentine's day in february in canada no i mean christian February in anywhere in Canada. March. I I'm freezing my nuts off. Word. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Right over the border. Right. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. it's, it was like minus five today. Celsius. No, it actually went up to eight. So we, I felt a little bit of warmth. <laughs> it was fucking 90 over here today. <laughs> yeah. I heard it was I, shit I, last week. I went to a baseball <laughs> game today. <laughs> yeah. This guy was watching baseball. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Damn, That's you're great. white. Baseball. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, he's white or Dominican, one or the other. Or <laughs> So I got a question for y'all. For the ending. Whenever I watch like um stuff like Criminal Minds, they always talk about something that sets someone off. Something that could be a a trigger that made them snap. Do you think that the the Valentine's Day dance is what set Alex off? Or do you think it's TJ coming back? as a stressor on his relationship that's that it. caused snap. That's it. I was thinking about that today as I was watching, and I'm like, if TJ doesn't come back to town, does this happen? And I have to say no. It's all about the it's all about the struggle for Sarah and getting however, it is kind of well, I guess he was doing it just to do it to get a heart. But in the beginning, when you see him kill that first girl and you find out later obviously who the killer is you know what I mean? You're like, well, who, what's he doing? You're looking it back on it after the film is over. You're like, well, he was cheating on it, on this girl, uh, on Sarah with this girl. But was he just doing it to uh, get the heart? Attempted cheating. 
Yeah. There was no technical just, cheating. Just a stroke into the mask. That's yeah. yeah. She did have a good a snorkel chick... game. Woo. Yeah. If, you... if a chick strokes my mask and I may happen to put a pickaxe through her chest, I mean, is that really cheating? Did I penetrate her? Technically, no. Let's even go back further. So she was already undressed to then put the mining suit on. Oh, yeah, that's into the mine. She's in her underwear. Yeah. yeah. Start kink shaming. Okay. People like to dress up. Okay. Yeah, only Jerry can kink shame. No, yeah. I don't kink shame. You can ask your hard to kill podcast co host, uh, uh, Josh. He knows I don't kink shame. I wasn't kink shaming anything. It just meant that they were getting hot and heavy somewhere else, I guess. And they said, hold up. Let's put these suits on. Allegedly. And head down into the mine. Allegedly. <laughs> Or she changed in the rec room where they had the party. They could have been in there. Let's go downstairs. Baby, you go in the kitchen and change. I'll go in this bathroom and change, and I'll meet you downstairs in a few minutes. That is one thing to me that the movie is actually a little confused about because when they show his flashback when he just randomly dazes out for fucking five seconds, (laughs) they, they show him watching his father get killed uh, which Jesus, how many horror movies do this where they do flashback where the children see one of their parents get killed? Quite a bit in the eighties. Like, yeah, There's a lot of them. Like the this was something that growing up I thought was a real issue, and I would just wake up one day and see my dad get killed, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Now I got to become a slasher <laughs> later on in life. And much like quicksand, it's not that big of a deal. Turns out, <laughs> not nearly as big an issue as they made out. Yes, exactly. But so. He has that flashback, and I'm like, so, because I, I, to me, it seems like the bigger stressor would be the fact that his girlfriend's ex-love is back in town, and that's what makes him do it. But then they had that flashback, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe it is a stressor that reminded him, uh, but I, that doesn't make any real sense. Is it the fact that both are happening around the same time? It's one yes. thing that I wish the movie was a combo. little bit yeah. clearer on. But I can buy that. I think you called it, Jerry. I think it is a combo of that. It would that would set some. The heart off, is what sets him off. That's what makes him like he sees that heart just like, and then oh, sticks her under the uh, pickaxe. Right. The problem with that because that makes it seems like he, he either doesn't ha- is not in love with his girlfriend so much so that the ex coming back would be as much of a stressor unless he's one of those assholes that's like I can cheat but you can't. Okay, yeah. mob rules. <laughs> well, from from uh, a from a looking back retro standpoint, it's a it's it's probably a bit of a fault or a problem. But from a, a setup standpoint, an entertainment piece, it's fine. But yeah, to think back at it, you're right. There there's something obviously that doesn't sort of jive there. Yeah, I mean, great opening intro. I love yeah. any every slasher awesome. movie, which should start off with a kill because you know you're about to go the next uh, twenty to thirty minutes without a kill. Start off with one. Let me have it right away. And then do your exposition and story until we get to the slasher part. Uh, it, it's a lot of your best slasher movies start off that way. And with this one, that's my only real problem is it, it kind of hurts the Axel character from my understanding. But I, I mean, I think the movie does play on both sides of it being the Valentine's Day dance and the boyfriend come, ex-boyfriend coming back. But... I, I would say it's probably more the boyfriend coming back because why did he wait this long? Because like, no, it was there was no Valentine's Day dance. They yeah, did that not was have the first a year they were having dance it. for twenty years. 
Right, right. But if he's genuinely psychotic because of the death of his father, wouldn't he just go out and kill every Valentine's Day? No, no, because Valentine's Day is essentially banned in this pl- in this place. Other so than the no name one of the does town. Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, other than the name of that, every morning he wakes up. That, no, I just call, oh. I, I just call it bluff. It's just bluff. That's <laughs> just, all it is. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. Val, what is that? V, I don't even, V is not even a real letter. I just, I just, it's just bluff. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, he. That, but that's a that's a slasher trope. And again, this was at the beginning of the craze, so it's a little bit more forgivable. But yes, if we want to, if we want to be critical of the film, you're absolutely right, Mister. It's so weird to call you Mister Venom, but I'm calling you Mister Venom. <laughs> like Mister Watson, sexy if you want. I could call you sexy Venom. <laughs> Venom's point actually backs up more that the relationship stressor in the combination with them bringing back the Valentine's Day dance. Both of them together make this happen because I legit don't think he went to go cheat on his girlfriend to cheat on his girlfriend. I think he was setting up where he was going to get his first heart with a lizard, a lot lizard uh, to, to I don't know what they call the coal mine version of a lot lizard. But uh, in Florida, they just call him nudie's mistress. Uh, yeah. But they. He was just doing that to get the like heart. <laughs> yeah. So my question is, when did that cold open occur? Was it literally the same day that the movie starts, or was it like farther back, maybe a few weeks previously? Like they don't really give us any context on when it happens. They don't. So I assume it happens within a week of the movie opening. Because how long are you going to be able to? Go? Well, you know what? The heart is bloody. Looks In good. The Valentine's yes. Day That's true. Yep. The heart is bloody, yeah. so it had to happen. Within a day, unless he also was there with a cup, got some blood, put it in a thermos. I'm going to dump this out later. You know, he could have done that, technically. Some ragu. <laughs> a little sauce. Yes. And how about that scene? That scene, I don't know if I'm fucked up. Well, I, I know I am fucked up. But, I mean, as far as my sense of humor, every time when the freaking, not the chief. Is it the chief or the mayor? Hold on. Which, which It's the, the mayor. mayor. Yeah, the when, mayor got the first heart. Yeah. When the mayor opens it up. His Hold reaction, up. and he's like, it can't be happening again. Is he, he the mayor? Eyes, I know he, the... he owns the coal mine. He owns the coal mine. He's TJ's, he's oh, TJ's that was dad. Yeah, TJ's he, owns, he, he owns the coal mine. He's but I don't know if he's the mayor or not. No, well, no, they no, called him the mayor. Said, yeah. yeah. When, when they gave ah. him the heart, they said, mayor, mayor, we have this heart for you. Somebody. Oh, <laughs> I missed that part. I just yeah, associated yeah. him with the guy who owns the coal mine. Yeah, Hannigan. Mayor Hannigan. Oh, okay. Yep, it's him. And, uh, I was too focused on the relationship. That's fair, but the reaction that he gives—does did any does anyone else laugh? Oh, yeah. a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it All reminded right. me of the uh, the uh, Mel from Sleepaway Camp. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I had him and I let him go. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> little bastard. <laughs> 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 One of my issues was it felt like the mayor and the chief just accepted the fact that Harry Warden was back in town so easily. Like, no investigation. Even the coroner, even the coroner yeah. was like, oh, Harry Warden's back. It's like, really? You know, we're not going to investigate this at all? They yeah, couldn't get through. If, if, they couldn't if get Adam that had, had had this mayor and this sheriff, Donald Pleasance would have been in and out like this. He would have been like, Michael Myers is back. Oh, shit, yeah. okay. Yeah, you're right. He is back. 
I'll have you <laughs> first. They tried a little bit, but the mental home was closed for the weekend, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to wait till Monday to get the results. Yeah. Is he in it's or not? Canada. It's Canada yeah. for you, right? It's she didn't know if he was there or not. Oh, yeah, on the weekends, they just let all the mental, mental patients go home. <laughs> what about those stray dogs in two times in the movie where they chased the, the police truck the first time and then they almost bit almost bit the chief when he was getting the bloody heart off the ground. <laughs> you can see, the actor kind of looks a little bit like, is this dog going to attack me? Yeah, he looked like he was going to bite him. Yeah. That dog came dog. really close to his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Now, does Canada still use stray dogs as trash men or did they finally change? <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me up here. Speaking of Canada, doesn't you, you you'll know for sure? Doesn't TJ remind you a little bit of Bret Hart? Or he does, a little bit. Yeah. One of the Hart, talks like yeah. a boot. He says a boot a couple times. He looks like Bret Hart, and obviously he talks like him because he's Canadian. But I mean, I, I, he always reminds me of Bret Hart since the first time I saw this movie. That's since the first time, but. Since Are you can- saying all Canadians look alike? Fucking racist. <laughs> yeah, I was like Bret Hart too. Yeah. I can never tell the difference between Christian and Moods. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a bit of similarity. <laughs> I'll bring it back to the movie again. Or actually, I'll bring he it back to the movie. Break any shock top tonight. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, yeah, none at all. Nudie, you brought up Ragu. Every time I look at that movie poster, which scared the shit out of me as a kid, by the way, because the eyes through the mask freaked me out as a kid. But the blood looks like freaking ragu <laughs> on the mask. It's a great movie poster. But I love that poster. I yeah. love it. And and it's always haunted me. And, and that, that was one of the ones, because the video store I went to had the Maniac poster and the My Bloody Valentine side by side. And it scared the shit out of me, but I was intrigued. And that's what probably stirred at the fascination at a very young age is my fear is what drew me in. Right. And so the other thing I want to bring up was Paul Zaza did the soundtrack. It was the musical score. And he did a lot of Canadian films. Uh, he did prom night. He did Porky's. He did a Christmas story. He did this uh, uh, curtains and a ton of others. But I'm, that's just a, a, a quick snapshot of his resume. Hold up. Brandon just called in. He said he wished someone would pull curtains on you. <laughs> <laughs> Meat curtains. Meat curtains, exactly. <laughs> oh, shit. So, y'all know that I, when I was uh, messing around today doing a little bit of extra research, uh, do you know what tie the remake of this movie has with the next movie we're doing? Wait a minute. Mm. Tom Atkins. Well, oh, uh, Tom Atkins. Yeah. Yep, Tom Atkins. <laughs> yep, motherfucking Atkins. Yes. The best. Absolutely. By the way, all right, now I may as well segue into it. I, I was trying to keep it cryptic for you. No, I got a phone call. <laughs> I blew it. Oh, oh, okay. I got a phone call from Tom Atkins today. I, uh, I I did some reaching out. I talked to a few people and uh, told them the movies that I was doing and everything else. And hold on, let me let me pull it up. But um, Tom Atkins, I was able to have Tom Atkins actually contact this podcast. And I am going to play that for you right now. Tom Atkins, ladies and gentlemen, where the hell are you? Don't oh. hit the delete button. Delete. Oh, delete. oh no, 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 it's not delete here. It all. I got, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it's, it's fucking notes all over again. I do have it, I promise. Here it is. Okay, hold up. Let me just. Uh... This is Tom Atkins. Here's a message for the exploding heads. I know you guys enjoy doing this show, but oh my God. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop it! Stop it! 
Can you believe it? <laughs> it's weird. I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> really? <laughs> he told me he was Tom Seamless edited. <laughs> Maybe, maybe he just, that's the one he does for everybody. I don't know. I feel like I've heard that on another podcast. That almost led to Dave's second divorce. <laughs> I can't edit this fucking thing. Get the fuck out of the house. Here's what I'm confused about is why did editing that yeah. cause a fight? Because I'm like, that would you take make, about five minutes. Make- you make the fucking thing. That's you do the it. audio equivalent of Nudie's Photoshop skills. <laughs> <laughs> that is the line of the night. <laughs> oh, okay. Even I like that one. <laughs> oh, I almost <sighs> fucking died Canadian joking strikes. on my Canadian strikes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't save that for later, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. <laughs> I will tell yeah. you for a standalone. Okay, I know this is a remake, a remake that I actually quite like. Uh, it, from the theatrical experience of the 3D remake, I had a blast. I had a blast with it, so I, I actually really like the remake. But uh, from a standalone slasher, probably my fave, as we mentioned. I, we did consider Black Christmas a slasher, so I did rate Black Christmas a notch above. Same rating, actually, but it's mm. just in the in the in the order. Of the of the breakdown, Black Christmas one nudged it out. What'd you guys think of the uh, the whole costume, the minor costume as a for a slasher? Oh, I love Excellent. it. Excellent. I think okay. I like it from an aesthetic standpoint. I like looking at it. I think it's cool as shit. I think it's incredibly impractical if you're actually in the suit. You have no peripheral yeah. vision. Probably can't hear anything properly. I mean, I'm sitting there watching and thinking, how did he? How does he not get caught sooner? And yeah. you know, the only thing I can figure is that Canadian teenagers just aren't real bright. I don't know. <laughs> and you've got a light on your head. It's like Bing. Here yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah, and everybody can hear you breathing like Darth Vader. <laughs> That's asthma. true. Canada's taking some shots tonight. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like you every Friday night. <laughs> oh. It's to the face. <laughs> well, so I'm wondering they're... why you look so moisturized over there. Yeah. <laughs> He's sweating between the lights. Oil valet. Toys like, <laughs> weird. I think Christian is actually the best looking guy on this podcast. Okay, what about Brandon? I say no, it to Brandon all the time. Brandon's not on right now. Yeah, he's right on this oh, tonight. I'm like, podcast yeah. right now. On this very podcast. If Brandon was here, Brandon would win, obviously. I'm part of the Brandon Orlick fan club. Uh, it's called the Will You Go or Lick Us podcast, which is coming out soon. <laughs> Jerry's uh, Jerry Cortez is producing. <laughs> it's going to be up to 10 shows, no, no time. No. Yeah, we're gonna try to. We're going on a TGIF thirteen uh, schedule. Yeah. <laughs> what a year! Uh, I'll see you in twenty twenty one. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's not my on, fault. Uh, by the way. IMDb on IMDb, if you look up my play Valentine, they have uh, the sneak previews or Ebert and Cisco on there where they review mm-hmm. my bloody Valentine. Play it. <laughs> it's a right, play it's it. a pretty good watch. I, do it. I gotta say, how long does it take? How long does it take? It's like seven minutes. You have to fast forward to that wow. part because they have the whole episode. So, oh. I want to run something Man. by y'all. So no one steal this idea because it's something I'm going to start doing on Kill the Cast. <laughs> Let me write this down. Yeah, go ahead and get your pen out. Uh, <laughs> I'm, you'll have to figure out some way to turn it into a commentary, but I'm sure you'll figure it out. 
Jerry um, hates horror. <laughs> no, I want to do a segment uh, where I want to take movies that we review and find like Robert and Evil, uh, Cisco and Evil, whatever the fuck their names are. I'm not big movie critics. Uh, Evil. Their reviews of movies because when I was doing research for um, like my uh, is Hellraiser the greatest movie of all, horror movie of all time and is the thing the greatest horror movie of all time, they slammed both those movies. Yeah. And I want to like start taking their reviews and and kind of putting it on the show to be like, this is what the most famous movie critics of all time said about this horror movie. Because they said Hellraiser was devoid of imagination. I yeah. already did that on a few Oof. of my episodes, just so you know. But it's all right. You can do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, at least people were here at this time. <laughs> Have you ever heard of Critique the Critic? The longest yeah. running show on Horophilia, bitch. <laughs> or my new segment, Fangoria Back Issues. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you have to take from lesser podcasts <laughs> and put it on a greater show. <laughs> yeah, it's, called, it's called the Edison, okay? It's an American tradition. <laughs> I, was a smart I, call, I call it the Robin Williams. Once you take it, it's his. <laughs> <laughs> Still, any joke? It's his. that was some that was some low hanging fruit, Christian. Oh, <laughs> That's what we do here. Yeah, he's on, he's on a roll like, tonight. You <laughs> like my, my double entendre yes. with that? Oh, <laughs> as usual, you're over my head. Oh, wow! Uh, really? You fell on your head. Like trying to get around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> he really wants on the show. The I want. I want everyone to know. I'm just trying to to. Give the audience a little bit of brand and humor because well said. Yes. I want I want him to be here in spirit. And so I was like, well, I'm the whitest person here, so I'm probably the closest thing to brand. <laughs> so I'm gonna go for it. Because Nudie would probably beat me, but he lives in Florida, so he actually has somewhat of a weird tan. <laughs> and I don't see light. I mean, I am fucking just what look how fucking white I am. My legs would blind you. I actually use them to light my YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> Look at oh, that light buddy. coming from. Like, it looks like Jesus is coming to the side of... Oh, <laughs> you should see it. I'm going to show you what my light that I record on YouTube looks like. When he put his hands up a few times, it looked like alien hands with that light. For you listeners here, this is all visual stuff. Join the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. One more reason. Yes. We'll see the video. <laughs> see all this good shit. We got a guy walking around. We yeah. got a fan. Oh, no. We got a light. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Does that look better for you? Oh, now you, I got look, my professional you look great. You look fine. Now look at that. Yeah, he's got like shady got professional light on. Look I don't at know you. If I can. Holy smoke. Wow, is that Jesus or not? Oh my God, what is that? Oh, he's got the halo. That's a, you know, sure? we don't... It's the end of the dark song. <laughs> my, my, my Jesus has titties and a penis. So. Oh, oh. Clickety clackety. Hey. Yeah. My Jesus has a... Well, I think we may have lost half of our listeners, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Why? No, I'm just like Brandon. I don't believe in Jesus. <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Underwater kaiju gotta be kidding me. <laughs> um, Holy smoke. Getting to the end again, because yeah, it was sorry. brought up. Two things about the end. One is a question to Mr. Venom, because I know he's going to have something to say about the end. And something else I have to say is when we get our reveal here, 
and they're like, oh, he, his father was killed on the anniversary of this yada, yada, yada. Wouldn't that be, that's the only reason I can't give this movie like a 10 out of 10. Wouldn't that be the first person you thought that would have maybe some type of traumatic event that could be tied into this at all? Like, wouldn't you think that if you're one of the elder statesmen of the town that, and you knew that this guy's father was killed by fucking Harry Warden, that, well, maybe... And how come nobody else knew about that? None of his friends. Nobody mm. knew that that took place. So that's an observation. And then I want to know if if uh, Mr. Venom's critique is that or it's something different. Oh, no. For me, it's, it's literally the actual ending of Axel kind of running deeper into the mine. Um, it just left me scratching my head. What's that? Really? You don't like that? I'm not the biggest fan. I feel like the movie set up a sequel that obviously we never got. And it's just, I, fucking I anybody, anybody who's listened to me, you know, over various podcasts understand, I hate open-ended endings. You can have a sequel to a franchise movie without giving me an ending that doesn't feel like an ending. And this movie at once I saw that ending, it felt like it was just the first chapter of a bigger story. And since we never got that story, it just kind of left me, which I guess is what movie filmmakers want. That It left me wanting more. So I, I, if, if that was their intention, then they got what they want. It doesn't affect my rating of the movie. I, I'm kind of like Jerry, where I'm not the biggest fan of rating movies. You know, I, I just say it's good or it's not good. It, you know, it's as simple as that to me. But um, I, I'm not going to knock the movie for it. It's just not my favorite slasher ending. It, it's not even close. And it makes you feel better. It probably ends with him bleeding to death. More Somewhere than in the yeah, mind. That, that's probably know, what happens. Smoke True. inhalation or whatever. It was well, his arm is... Right, he's dripping blood. He's wet. Yeah, and he's going, he's going deeper into an unexplored part of the mine too, because that was all the danger. Don't go in here, part of the mine. Yeah. So you know, okay. So he's gonna have no food or water, and he's bleeding to death. To Dave Z's point, though, let's. I want to spitball a few things to see if I can come up with something that might make him feel better. One, the police are not of Haddonfield, so they're not, you know, automatically gonna assume. That, well, let's just look who's an actual suspect. Instead, let's go back to the crazy person. <laughs> uh, so there's that. But also, I assume that his friends, if they do know, one, by the time they actually find out, because none of his friends know that people are dying with their hearts out in candy boxes. They hide that from, the, from everyone in the coal mine. True. So none okay. of them know until the party... When they find when the one girl gets a shower head through the mouth and the other guy is killed by a Limp Biscuit album, like that's <laughs> when you finally find out that that's when they're like, it's Harry Warden. And at that point, there's so much chaos. They would never actually think, sit down and think, well, who are the suspects? They wouldn't. It's, it's at this point, it's we got to go save our friends. People are fucking dying. Uh, shit's going crazy. Uh, it, it, it's, it's too much. So, that explains his friends not saying anything. As for the chief and the mayor, I think they're both just much like the old bartender. They were around when it originally happened. And it's kind of like when old people want to get nostalgic for like their wartime or something like that. It's much more interesting to them to think something from their personal past has come back instead of looking at what would logically be 
oh well you know are any of the relatives alive of the first two of the two people who actually died from this or not the two people who made the mistake and got the miners killed let's look at their children because obviously yeah they should obviously fucking know so my explanation for them is really weak but nostalgia is a bitch and i could see them being in a weird fucking way nostalgia takes them back to the incident and because of that all they can fucking think about is that and maybe they assume that i don't know who who else would no one in our town who works at my coal mine would do something like this not this day and age it's unbelievable to even think that so maybe that's how they feel subconsciously so it never comes out uh over but who really knows because i does anyone really understand the working of a canadian mind really <laughs> You're gonna tell me you watched the Cronenberg movie and understood what was going on in the director's mind? No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and maybe, maybe this is one of the scenes that ended up on the cutting room floor that you're, that wasn't gore related. That maybe Possibly. they figured pointed too much of a spotlight on Axel as the killer. So maybe they decided, maybe we can't, maybe they alluded, maybe there's a whole scene saying, you know, actually you're going to be okay. I know your father was murdered, whatever. And he's like, and Harry Warden's coming back. Cause if we're really pointing at Harry Warden's coming back and they said, by, by introducing this, maybe it's just like, oh, he's going to be red herring, red herring, red herring. Yeah. And it's so, also you... very Friday the 13th part one, like everyone's dying and no one stops to think about the original incident. Well, maybe it could be that kid's fucking mom. No one stops to think about that because it's so long ago. You know, the, even the people of the town who are like, eh, don't go there. Much like the people of this town going, oh, don't have a Valentine's Day part uh, dance. They, they're like, don't do that because they're so traumatized by what happened, you know, 20, 30 years ago that they just don't actually fucking focus on who the actual suspect should be. And is it set up as a whodunit? Because yeah. we're, we're really kind of told it's Harry Warden. From the get-go, I mean, and again, slasher movies, only some of them are set up as whodunit. Happy birthday to me. The Friday the 13th, to a degree, the like, the first, and, and even, I guess you could argue the second one, because we, we think it's Jay, like, we were thinking it's the son, but we don't really know until the end. And so, yeah. but is this one really set up as a whodunit? Or is it just a well, I mean, they gave us they gave us multiple red herrings. I mean, yeah, I remember true. watching it the first time thinking it was the bartender. It's like, how does this guy know so much information about both Harry Warden and what's going to happen? I mean, he's predicting it almost to a T. So the fact that there were red herrings in it uh, kind of made me feel like it was a little but bit of a done it. I do feel like the whole mystery aspect of the whodunit is very light. Like yes. they focus because they focus more on the love triangle than they do the actual mystery of it. And it's one of those. It reminds me of a giallo will where until you get the reveal, you're like, I would have never have guessed that because they only slightly hinted at it a long time ago, early in the movie, but they didn't really connect it with the actual character who did it until the reveal. It's like because that's one of my problems with giallos is. I can't fucking actually figure out who did it because they don't tell me this very important piece of fucking information. That yeah. was it. They just did. They did that in this movie, except they did it in a way where it was just they cared more about the love triangle than the mystery. And sexy venom is right. They do introduce red herrings, and then the red some red herrings <laughs> do get killed. But I think the who done it aspect was definitely more uh, prevalent in the remake, which then was a product of the scream generation. 
uh, and they really played up the whodunit aspect. But it it is here, but it it it's. I think you're we're just presenting Harry Warden, so yeah. you get yeah, the, the Scooby Doo reveal kind of. Mm-hmm. It's prevented. It's it's shown more like it's about them the urban legend of this town than it is like the mystery of who did it like in Scream. Yeah, exactly. Because you're right away you're, you're told Harry Warden is alive. So until they come back and say he died five years ago or whatever, but yeah. So you're all mad. You're thinking and now if. Once the reveal comes in, you got to think like Axel inherited Jason's teleportation powers and yeah. the speed changing costumes because like one second he's here. So either he has this minor costume thrown about all over the place so he can just go from one one room to another and put the fucker on. He must have like five or six of them inside there because like, you know, he's he's there in the minor suit. Two seconds later, he shows up with just I, the, his light hat on. And I mean, technically, I, he's probably had years of practice of putting that suit on. And he's had the access to do as much prep time as he wanted to. He's the Batman of of slashers. <laughs> I'm just nitpicking because I, you know, I love the movie. I'm just nitpicking at that. But same here. I, uh, I totally yeah. agree. But I, I, yeah. but I love when someone nitpicks because it makes me think. Because I would have never, I never questioned that when I watched the movie. So exactly. it wasn't until you were like, "How did they do that?" That I had to fucking pull a Batman analogy out of my head to be like, well, <laughs> he had enough prep time and he's had enough practice. Well, he comes that out of the bar. Shit. He comes out he of the bar one time to have a drink. Belt. When Axel leaves, when him and TJ get in a fight and he fucking opens his beer can and runs out and then slams the door and then goes and sits down, I'm just like, you wasted beer. <laughs> well, and then he, said, you, you kind of wonder if he's drunk or if that's where the mental break is happening again. Because uh, then that's when he goes and kills the two, the two people. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's. I think he already killed the the hot dog flavored water guy. But <laughs> then after that, he goes and kills the. Uh, one, actually, one chick. He kills the the chick where he drops the suits down and then sh- puts a shower, makes her a shower head. Great yeah. scene. That's great. Fuck that whole sequence is great with the stuff yes. coming down and how she ends up and. Yeah, one of the best parts of the film. I, I still don't know how he dropped all of those because when the guy explained to the girl how to do it, he was like, oh, you just pull the cord. And I thought it was a cord that was literally like right next to each suit. So I'm not sure how he was pulling a cord right next to each suit, but she couldn't see him or his light. So I don't know if there's another contraption somewhere else. I know nothing about mining and how it's set up. If there's like another universal control, but that that's one scene that looks awesome doesn't make much sense but i do like any time in a horror movie where someone puts their hands to their head and just starts screaming no <laughs> like they, they just give it up all hope yep. yeah i'm a goner just, <laughs> they, they blink out so bad they don't know what to do but hold their head and scream <laughs> no like a child yelling at their parent they're so terrified they go back to being a child. Christian's wife when he moves in for a kiss. No! <laughs> it's, like, it's like you have a camera and you're just looking at our lives. <laughs> How about the killer does laundry? Have you thought about that scene? The killer actually does, because when the, when the guy goes there the next day and he sees that Mabel um, it, it, it discovers that she is dead in, in, in the, the, the moving laundry thing, right beside that, there's laundry there, there's detergent there, and there's laundry being done. So the killer went in there at that particular time, was doing laundry for whatever reason, and 
timed You're for right. the Chiefs to come there to fuck it to have that reveal. Because the laundry would have been done by the morning time if it was just from what uh, right. old lady Mabel was doing or whatever her name was. Yeah, so man. he had to be like, you know what? This one's on me, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he wanted it more dramatic if he found her in a spinning dryer. Absolutely, it was a great scene, and if you ask, <laughs> if you apply logic to it, it it's kind of silly. Like some, you know, like the scene Jerry was just talking about with the stuff dropping, and I can excuse those in horror movies and slashers in particular. But I just think it's funny that he went there, that there was laundry being done, and the one right next to it, because there's nobody else there. So obviously, the killer is doing some type of laundry, and he's trying yeah. to clean maybe his mess. I don't know. I, I just think it's funny. But so you why? Think he's naked in the suit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I spilled fucking jelly on my shirt. Ragu. It's Ragu. I'm to clean this. Why does TJ give up on Axel so easily just because that thing breaks in the water 60 feet deep? Does this guy, does Axel just have a reputation of I just can't fucking swim? Like if one of you guys... If no, he just eliminated the competition for his fucking girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He didn't give a shit about Axel. You're right. I can buy it. <laughs> like fuck, I, they're like, shouldn't we go in after him? No, he. No. These clothes weigh so much. He just dropped straight down oh, to the again, bottom. Water's probably freezing too. <laughs> oh, yeah, but fucking people. Sur- people survived the Titanic. I'm pretty sure he can survive a little mine water in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it didn't take long. You see the thing's broken. He turns around. He goes there. Okay, he's a goner. I'm like, really? Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I like know. the variation. There, there's a little bit of variation of kills. Pickaxe is used a few times, but I like how there's that nail gun. Yes. Person. Oh, that's yeah. a sad scene because you care yeah. about him. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. him. Me too. He, he died in real life from brain cancer. What a shock that is. Nails really? in the head and then he dies of brain cancer. Yeah. Oh, that's Maybe. horrible. Uh, Not horrible. I mean, that's, that's. Yeah, he died young, I think. Pretty, he died pretty young. Oh, I'm even I... more sad. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm you... sorry I brought the show down. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> make me laugh. Somebody well, make me laugh. Start talking about blowjobs again, Jerry, quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to. I got to see when my, my man Hollis died. Keith Knight. Let's oh. see. He died. No, he died at 51. I guess that's. All right. Well, he was 46 when he did the movie. <laughs> really? No, no, I can't imagine. Oh, I was well, like, he died in uh, 2007. Oh, oh, so he didn't even see the remake. See, the remake, we got to think, even if you're not a fan of remakes or this remake or whatever it may be, the the remake is probably what got us the uncut versions oh, of these yeah, movies because it reintroduced interest into this movie. I agree. So, I like the remake, but it only works in 3D, though. It, Agreed. Standard yes. format, it doesn't really work well. Luckily, yeah. I have a 3D TV, so I can watch it when I need to. I, I don't. I, I actually wanted to watch it before the show. I had to watch Transfers, so I didn't. I don't know. I brought that up. That was fucking dumb. Uh, but I do want to watch it because I like. It's weird because I had just watched the Friday the 13th remake, which had uh, Supernatural Boy Sam, and then the uh, My Blood Valentine 3D has Supernatural Dean. So they both it came were, out the same year too. A week yeah, apart, so, I think. Yeah. A week apart, wow. It was close, yeah. yeah. A week or two. Uh, yeah, I remember it was uh, It was a good time. I, both movies were fun to watch in the, in the theater, man. Yeah. Uh, I wish yeah, I had the were... experience of Mr. Venom there with seeing this one in the actual theater. Uh, I'm going to talk to the... There's a place here called uh, Full Moon Cinema, and on the weekends they show old horror movies. And so I'm going to have to talk to him about screening My Bloody Valentine. 
because I want to see that in theaters now. Absolutely. You can we're get it in February. We're getting an Alamo draft house down here, so I can't wait for that. So they'll be oh. starting. Hopefully, they'll start doing some classic horror stuff here. And they're doing yeah. a subscription service, so you can get on their version of Movie Pass. Uh, really? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. Venom. next year. Venom, you got that or no? Uh, it's not. It's not launched yet. Oh, it's not launched yet. No, oh, but they, 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 they just announced one. it. Okay. We have it. Um, the L.A. Um, what do you call it? Hasn't opened yet. We are getting one though. Oh, don't you, you get every movie anyway there? You get everything there one way or the Absolutely. other. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I want to be able to buy the poster when I get the movie too. So having having them here is going to help that out a lot. I have a my house is basically a, mu- a museum of movie posters. Wow, that's I've I've got too many posters. I don't have any more room to put up posters. You should see me neither. Like this whole fucking room. Uh, I have a stack of Scream Factory posters I can't put up. Like you can see the Friday Part Four yeah. behind me. Yeah, I got this like, one. I haven't even had a chance to even put it anywhere, man. What's oh. the What's the matter with you? Send it to me. I'll make oh, room. I got I got to get a frame for it. Is what I'm waiting for. Oh, okay. There it yeah, is. I got mine. I've got. I pick up my computer, but I got mine too. I don't Actually, have that. Can this you see is... it from here? But I do have. Humongous, even. Holy smoke. No, Friday see. the 13th, part two VHS signed by Steve Dash. Nice. Oh. Oh. All right. And actually, yeah, he died in. Um, this was done in October, but I was in the hospital, so I didn't get to go. But uh, my fiance and mom went and got it for me. Um, and then I was going to see him in January for Days of the Dead because I was going to talk to him about fucking being diabetic, but he died, so I didn't get to. But I do, so I do have my Steve Dash VHS tape, and I'm pretty stoked about it. That's awesome. Wow. Very cool. Now, there is one fatal flaw I'm going to say before it ends, and it's nothing big, but if they don't have that fight in that freaking thing, and uh, Axel doesn't get thrown out, and all that shit that we were just talking about. None of the stuff happens at the end. Uh, I mean, I, I realized that when we were doing the slasher show, uh, you know, a couple years ago, when I was rewatching everything. That's, that's the also, only issue I have. I see. I never see those as an issue, just because that's literally you can take almost any movie and stop the movie from happening really early on. Some things have to happen for story development and plot, and you have to accept it. And I don't think it's a good nitpick. Nice. Nice. Ooh, that fixed it. Wow. We're showing Post-mania. off posters again yep. for Post-mania. those not watching the video. Awesome. But I, I, people, the, the, the audio only people are not the target market for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? But Jerry's right. And Jerry is right because he would have just left then. If the fight didn't happen to be the catalyst or the leave, he would have just left. He just oh, I got to go well, take a piss. I've been yeah. drinking. Okay, I but guess for, so. From but a the cinematic whole thing standpoint, is, we get it. The whole thing is this love triangle between the two girl, between the guy. Why would he leave Sarah's side? He was there having fun with her. This, that, the other thing. He doesn't want to let her out of his sleigh. EJ's there. Keep in mind, though, he's already in his psychotic breakdown because he's already killed people. So he would have. He would have. I. While I do think the relationship part is a stressor, there's also the other part of it of he's already started killing people because of his dead dad so he probably would have left anyway because he's not in the right state of mind to actually sit there and go oh well let me stay here and make sure he doesn't try shit he's drinking he's already having a psychotic breakdown he probably would have left for one reason or another because okay. technically he already oh. left before that hat before 
that fight happened because he left to kill the uh, hot dog flavored water boy. But wouldn't mm. his but wouldn't his girlfriend question it? Hey, where the fuck is Axel? He's been gone for an hour. No, because walked out. She's annoyed by both of the fucking guys. She even says it in the movie that she's That's getting annoyed true. by both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's taking any time she can to go talk to fucking super sexy red dress Hollis's girlfriend. I'm sorry, I know you <laughs> had a name character, but you're just super sexy red dress Hollis's girlfriend because I don't <laughs> like Hollis. <laughs> Maybe he was leaving to go heat up a TV dinner on an engine. <laughs> good scene though because if we didn't have that scene we wouldn't great. get the dueling harmonicas yeah that was a really I always wonder what a Canadian bonfire looks like in case we got a problem here <laughs> we hang out in old auto wreck uh, graveyards and uh, cook TV dinners on their engines <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's good how about that condom hey, Christian you're from Canada did you notice that condom wrapper I've never seen a condom wrapper that Sheep looked skin? like that before. No, 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 no. Minor, hold on. I'm going to put up a picture of it. I took a picture of it, maybe. Look, it looks like a dog on it. Hold on, look. It's 1981. I don't give a fuck. Trojans and, and Magnums. Ramses. Look the same in Ramses in 81 that I saw that I still see now. No, it doesn't rec- don't recognize it. Wait, was the Ramsey a Game of Thrones reference? Because of the dog, or <laughs> no? It's, an, it's actually it was a name of a condom brand. Yeah. Yes, it Absolutely. was. Oh, yeah. okay. I, what's wrong? What's wrong with them having a dog logo? I see dogs hump everything. They should wear <laughs> fucking condoms. Jesus. I've just never seen that condom. I've seen my share of different condoms. Well, have you ever been to Canada? That's why I asked Christian. Are you paying attention? Maybe. I am. Maybe. I'm just trying to figure out why you're like. I don't know why I haven't seen this. Condom from another country. At seven what? years okay, old, I, at seven years right. old, I was fucking my pillow. I, I, I want to know. Christian seen it. <laughs> Maybe he was a member of that secret hostile organization. <laughs> oh, that's right, elite hunting. <laughs> You're right. He's elite, elite pussy hunting. <laughs> I gotta tell you, this might be the longest review of my. I was gonna say, Dave said this won't be a six-hour show. We've been on for two already, and we still got one movie done. <laughs> I guess we're not going to have a middle segment. That's okay. <laughs> so be it. That's good. Uh, well, and if you're, if you guys don't usually rate movies, so do what you would normally do. Yeah. You don't have to break. You don't have to break any new ground. Just you, yeah, right. This is already in our hall. Do it of the fame. way we you want to do it. Yeah, do it the way you want to do it. That's fine. Yeah, I, I don't really rate movies because here's the way I look at it is, you just heard my review. You either want to watch it based off what I said or you don't want to watch it based off what I've said. That's my rating. If I had to give it a rating, I would I, I'd be pretty high. This has got to be a 8.5 or a 9 for me just because there's v- the very few things you can nitpick on. I can probably explain away in some form of another uh, the amount of NyQuil you have to drink before you believe it ranges, but I can probably do it. It's just entertaining. It's very well paced. The the mythology of the character is great. The town is great. The mind is great. There's really not that much negative I can say about this movie, especially with the uncut version. And I like the way the grainy films look. If it almost looks like it becomes a point of view of the killer, uh, and it just kind of changes to how he sees the world when you get those extra bloody scenes. And to me, that's really fucking cool. So if you haven't checked out the uncut version, definitely check it out. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with a nine. I really don't have too many complaints about the movie. 
The only reason I wouldn't give it a 10 is because it's not Jaws. So, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Mine's going to be short and sweet. What Jerry said. (laughs) Nine out of ten. (laughs) And the same thing. I mean, Jaws and Friday, one of my my two tens, and maybe Willy Wonka. That's about it for me. (laughs) Wow, nice. Okay. (laughs) Do you make your wife dress up as an Oompa Loompa sometimes? (laughs) Oh, when you're God. getting really kinky? When you're giving her the golden ticket? <laughs> <laughs> the, the golden Zendano. <laughs> Sexy Venom. <laughs> I'm going to come in just ever so slightly lower than Jerry and Nudie. Part of the reason why I don't really like rating movies is because the rating is constantly changing. Like, depending yeah, on my mood, when I watch it, who I'm watching it with. It just changes the experience. I try to be as objective as possible, but, you know, ultimately experience matters. So I'm because of the few extra minor nitpicks that I have with the ending, I'm going to go with an 8.5 out of 10. Cool. I love the way you guys rate shit, too. This is great. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I had a question for Christian, being the other giant Friday the 13th fan here. Did the music in this movie have a tinge of Manfredini in it? Especially during that chase scene at the end, it mm-hmm. felt a lot like a Friday song. At the end, I, yes, yeah, for I sure. noticed it. This watch, I noticed that at the end. Yeah, and it's funny you said that because I when I I meant to bring that up when I was talking about, I love this guy's name, Paul Zaza, and it, yeah, it almost seems like he was, because uh, at this point, I guess two would have been out as well. Yeah. Oh no, maybe not. Yep, same this, time, no, two would right. Yeah. No, because it, it would have been May, and months this months came months. out February. Yeah, so only one. True. But it would have been playing off the success of one. And, yeah. And, and, right. So, yeah, it's, okay. it's it's interesting that you thought you guys both saw that. How about you, Dave? Believe it or not, I did not pick up on that. It's yeah, it's wow. not overly noticeable, but it is yeah. there. Like I did a few times. Like you know, this is almost Friday esque. Yeah. Wow. Not to say that it sounds like Friday's chase music, because Friday's chase music is a lot more intense. Right. But it was more like the incidental music from Friday sounded like the chase music in this movie. So that, that was yeah. all I was kind of getting at. Hmm. Okay, well, I, all right. I don't notice music enough in most movies, so I, I definitely didn't notice it. I but, know you don't, right? Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> Brandon on this show. Yeah. Brandon, that would have been I a Brandon answer. Music. He never notices it. <laughs> uh, Christian, music. okay. Yeah. You said Friday the 13th one is your favorite series. And Neil, did you say Friday the 13th part one is your favorite also? Yeah, more of a nostalgic reason, though. You oh, okay. know? I mean, I'd love them all, so, but it is my favorite one. I've always thought that Friday the 13th part one is very much an American giallo. I, it's a slasher, but it has more giallo elements than any other of the Friday the 13th movies. And I know you're a big giallo fan, Christian. Do you think because you love Giallo so much that you that's why Friday Thirteenth Part One part of that is why it's part of your favorite? Probably because I, I lo- that's probably why I, why I like both that and Prom Night because uh, Prom Night I think plays out like a Giallo as well. I, and yeah. and my True. my love of Giallo actually w- was more evolutionary. I guess it happened more in, in the last again fifteen years than when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, okay. I just wanted I just wanted more fun gore scares fun fast-paced fun and as as you get older that's why friday 13th the original wasn't my favorite as a kid i would have mm-hmm. gone to four and six and five actually i liked imposter jason even at a young age because it probably again I, played I, to five's in in my top three and then and then it became two and one 
and 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 one really has just I still think one is creepy and scary to me. And I, I know you, I, no, absolutely. Yeah. I've really gotten into Giallo movies over the past two years, mostly because of podcasts. I even nice. I think in the past two years, I've listened to y'all's episode. There's always room for Giallo twice. Nice. Because I I went back and re-listened to it recently, uh, over the past like couple of months, as I'm re-watching certain Giallos and trying to find find other podcasts that are covering. Giallo's like I just messaged Dave because he was on a Dario Gento episode for 22 shots because I had went back because I finally watched Phenomena. Uh, so I wanted to go back and listen to that podcast episode because I wanted to hear people talk about it. So I like you make a you make a valid point with the Giallo because I am not the biggest fan. I do like the exceptional ones, you know, the ones that most people probably like anyway, which would lead back to the Friday conversation where part one is not my favorite. I am still a part four. I will be a final chapter till the day I die. My mother, believe it or not, took me to go see part four. On opening weekend, awesome. we actually were going to see Splash. I've told this story before. It opened the same weekend as Splash. Uh, my mother and my, my parents got into an argument, and my mother's like, let's get out of here. Let's go see a movie. We went to see Splash, completely sold out. So we went ahead and did Friday, the final chapter. And it is it is easily the best time I ever had at the movies with my mother. What, so, what a yes. sad day. Your mom uh-huh. ruined our only chance to get a Splash podcast. <laughs> said, Fuck Tom Hanks, <laughs> and to this day I still haven't seen Splash. So whatever. Yeah. Oh, Friday four, must. <laughs> Friday Four was the first Friday that I saw on my own without parents joining me. My old man actually took me to see the original Friday. I was eleven, so I think you and I are pretty close in age, Jerry. Yeah, yeah. My mother took me to go see the original Friday back in 1980 because she couldn't find a babysitter for me. Uh, (laughs) We had had one particular aunt who was always my babysitter when my mother went out, but she wanted to see Friday as well. So we all just went together. My first Friday the 13th movie in theaters was Jason goes to hell. Ooh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Mine was, mine was takes Manhattan. Cause again, I had to sneak in Uh. and I was, I was 15 when that came out. And I, again, I always forget it was on my birthday. So I think I just turned 15 babies. Mine was the final chapter with my father. I've told that story before, and it was fucking what an amazing night. I like being the youngest on a show. It makes me feel better. That's why my other all all my didn't get to live through the '80s, dude. That was the best. I'm glad the music was awful. I'm jealous that I I didn't get the music's amazing. Yeah, dude. I wish I could have been a couple years older because I wish I could have seen Friday Part One in the theater. Oh man, I know. That's and, it. If I had uh, a DeLorean, that's what I'd go back and see. We were talking about this on the show one time. I'd yeah. love to go see the first Friday the 13th in a theater. Absolutely. Nice. Opening night back in 80. That would be great. But just to round this up, we've reviewed this, and I totally agree yep. with you, Mr. Venom, about your rating can change. My rating has changed for this movie, and it's constantly gone up on repeated viewings. I don't think I could go to a 10 out of 10, but I definitely give it a full head explosion. I'll do an exploding head style for that. It's still the same ranking I gave for the Slasher show. Mm-hmm. Same here. I'll say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Nice. We love it. It's in our, it's in our Hall of Fame, great so... Flag. Yeah. I yeah, give it a full sure. mouth explosion. <laughs> <laughs> That's for Brandon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. 
All right. Well, awesome. let's take one one last break. Come back. Talk about Night of the Creeps, and we be out. So, All right. see you in a minute. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Looking for complete coverage of the horror genre? Then join us south of heaven on the No More Room in Hell podcast. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Join Mr. Venom, Mike, and featuring Derek Bourgeois and the zombie king himself, Corey Graham, as we tackle movies, TV shows, video games, and everything else the genre has to offer. We have such sights to show you. Because after all, when there's no more room in hell, the dead shall start a podcast. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. We're we're back. We're having a, a grand old time. I'm eating chicken fingers with a fork, and uh, <laughs> we're doing our thing. We're gonna talk about Night of the Creeps, 1986. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Tom motherfucking Atkins. That's all you're going to yeah. say? That's, you're done, you're well, done for the review. All right. Thanks for listening to Exploding Heads. Uh, I give this review uh, five chicken fingers out of five. Uh, super good. You know what I'm saying? Uh. Well, that's all I'm going to say as far as bringing it in. Because like I said, out of respect for Brandon, we're not doing a, a synopsis. We don't got to say nothing. Uh, that's How do you mean. even fucking do a synopsis for this movie because like it, the, it begins aliens right then 1950s axe murderer then <laughs> 1980s college parties it's, it's like i love this script i love it i oh, did this wow. on slice and yeah. dice it was uh with uh, joey i uh, this is the one i was on this and we did fright night so i i gave it a a crazy ass rating I love this movie. It's one of my personal favorite films. And like, I just, I think it's a love, a love nod to just movies. And you can just see the giddiness in the script. And I love the playfulness of the aliens. Yeah. They look rubbery on screen, but how funny is it to see their language subtitled and then the translation in our, in our language? Yeah, too? Why? I thought that I was just... cruel. I'm not pissed that full moon copied their, the aliens to make their gingerbread movies. <laughs> I thought you'd be turned on because her mouth was always open like Heather Landerkamp. Like, yeah. uh, fucking <laughs> these aliens act fucking have better acting than Heather. Get the fuck out of uh, here. Like, maybe they can get one of aliens to blow me. <laughs> um, wow, you're gonna make a joke because my fiance is Mexican? Fucking racist. See, <laughs> See. Uh, green card ran out. Just blow me. You'll get a green card. <laughs> My question is, and my question, this is, it never popped up before. It should have been probably the first time I viewed the movie. What were they doing with the experiment on the ship? Oh, it was a, it was a, a weight loss program. <laughs> my question, my question about that opening scene is, was the alien jettisoning the experiment away because he was scared of it? Yeah. Or was there another more diabolical reason? I don't yeah, know. It's a whole another movie before this movie. Yep. Yeah. Like. This movie is three movies, but we only see like 10 minutes from the first two movies, and then we get all of the third movie. This is like Star Wars for horror movies, except instead of having a trilogy for each thing, there's just one movie. So now we need a prequel, and we need a sequel. Yeah, it's like if you made anthologies and anthology movies, but you were like, you know what? First short, 10 minutes. Second segment, 10 minutes. Third segment, 
hour. <laughs> Man, I wish they would do a prequel and a sequel, though. In all seriousness, that would be great. This Although the prequel used... would be sci-fi, straight up. But hey. well, no, not necessarily. I guess they could. They could. It'd be fucking aliens. What else would it be? I'm trying to see the the. I don't know if I'd call it a prequel or a sequel because it depends on where you start this movie. But I'm trying to watch Tom Atkins hunt down a fucking psychopathic axe murderer and yeah. kill him. That's fuck the guy who killed Bigfoot or killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. I'm trying to see Tom Atkins fucking hunt down and kill a psychopathic axe wielding maniac. That's and the movie I want to see. And a barrier in the dead mon's uh, dead mother's uh, backyard or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, playful script. If I had to say, I'd be very nitpicky at the beginning as well, this could have used a better theme. I found the music was, again, Jerry, you say you don't, you don't uh, notice music. I wanted I a bigger theme up. to this movie. I, I, I uh, think it was missing something. If it had its own uh, theme song, I think it would have even elevated even more so. Yeah. My, my yeah. biggest problem with this movie, I'll, yeah. I'll throw it to Neil, because uh, you remember the 1950s. What the <laughs> fuck is a goat? <laughs> I don't know what, what a gomer is. A gomer? Yeah, a someone disses someone and calls them a gomer, and I don't gomer know what pile. that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a reference gomer to gomer pile, pile. Yeah. 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 Who the fuck is gomer pile? USMC. Yeah, yeah, dude. Surprise! Old... Surprise! Surprise! There you go. Golly! Wow, yeah. you sound like my uncle right before he entered. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> basically, right Ernest. Your mouth. Okay, Ernest. I know. Basically, Ernest ripped off Gomer Pyle. How's that? Oh well, fuck Gomer Pyle. Yeah. Ernest for life. Fuck <laughs> Ernest, and I'll tell you why. Fuck Ernest. Listen here, Vern. Let me tell you. That's why. That's why, Jerry. Thank you, because I watched Ernest for fucking years on those electric gas or uh, on those gas commercials, whatever the fuck it was, for like a year and a half. Two years, and all he does, all he was doing was talking about Vern, Vern, Vern. So now, when a movie comes out called Ernest Goes to Camp, I'm like, we're finally gonna see fucking Vern. We've been hearing this guy talking <laughs> Vern for fucking two years. I want to see who this Vern is. They don't show it. I never watch so, it. On fucking apparently, Earth. Dave also gets very upset when uh, it's POV porn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like an augmented reality where I'm like, I, I just want to yeah. see what the hell is going on here. <laughs> oh, okay. the I want to see the guy holding the camera. Yeah, suddenly I'm in the video. I'm like, what the hell's happening? One of the, <laughs> one of the coolest things about this movie are all the fucking references to other horror movies. In fact, there's one that I didn't write down and missed, so y'all might get it, but y'all probably got all these. The college is called Corman. Mm -hmm. One of the characters is called Romero. Another one is Cronenberg. Another one is Cameron. Another one is JC, as in John Carpenter, and his last name is Hooper. Yep. Uh, one is Landis. One is Ramby. Uh, Ram, Ram, motherfucker. Ramby? <laughs> Rammy, uh, ram me, please. Just ram me right in the mouth. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Non-flashbacks. Yeah. Ram me, ram me. Minor, and then two that were really fast, uh, Dante and De Palmer, which, and I haven't figured out which one, Dante or De Palmer, one of those guys is the guy from Cannibal Holocaust that really? goes to find the footage and all that shit. He's one of the yeah. ones with the... He's the white guy with the spotlight in the cop car that gets the axe uh, almost, almost fucking him. hits him. Yeah. Oh, okay. He is either okay. Dante yeah. or De Palmer. I'm not sure which one because they say the names before they go to him, but they don't specify which one. He just one. recently passed away, too. Oh. Dave yeah, would know him. Dave would know him under his porn name of Arbola. Arbola. 
Yeah, he was in porn when he was doing those uh, cannibal movies, too. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I don't know, I, our bull. Cannibal Holocaust and one of his pornos at the same time. And see which <laughs> one. See if I can Holocaust. come to the other one while oh. not fucking being horrified by the other one. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> you forgot about Cunningham. Cunningham was another one. Oh, that's the one I I, 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 forgot. I knew when I made my list, I forgot one, and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, what is it? Cunningham, that's it. Yep, that's it. How come you call them De Palmer? What is? What are you, fucking Derek B <laughs> yeah. over here? Cinema attack. Yeah, I couldn't say the other name either. I, I was losing my ability to talk. I forgot that this is exploding heads and not 22 Cinema. shots. So I, I was can spell. Yeah. fucking it up. <laughs> How about that Jeremy got pissed off because the guy made this post and with all these grammatical and punk and punctual oh, errors. Yeah. Like you are complaining about somebody doing it with grammar and punctuation. I could Yeah, but now about. Neil's making dude fucked a hamster meme, so I don't know what's going on over there anymore. I didn't even watch that dude's video I just, and I will not do it. I, I walked out. I was like, you know what? Done. I don't even know what the hell anybody's talking about right now. <laughs> oh, good. Don't better off. Okay. Right, you're better off not knowing. Oh, yes. oh good lord. Like Perfect. Christian said, the script for this movie is fucking fantastic, and the di- that this might be the most on point dialogue in an '80s movie ever. Because while the quips are coming fast, they never feel forced. Yep. It never, like, everything always feels so fucking natural. Like, I love JC. Yep. JC is the, the Hollis of this movie. He's fucking awesome. He's so underrated. He shouldn't have fucking died. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, he's fucking great. He, yeah. I, like, he's handicapped and he don't give a fuck. He's like, well, I'm never going to get laid, so I'm just trying to get my best buddy laid. Yeah, he's like the bestest friend you could have. Yeah, he is the bestest. Yeah. <laughs> sexy JC. All right, Neil. I wouldn't go sexy, but I mean, I understand you're in Florida, got a lot of I'm handicap. JC up that. above you. <laughs> oh, hey, Jerry Cortez, sexy Venom. Yeah, sexy yeah. JC. <laughs> that's gonna be his new name. Now. Sexy oh, Venom. Jesus! I hope that doesn't stick. Neil, Neil <laughs> you are uh, about as funny as a crush. Yeah. <laughs> you look in a mirror lately, fella. <laughs> How about Moolah? The old green stuff. Fun ticket. Uh, like it's so fucking. See my, my friend over there. Yeah. The, you think that was a thing for? Uh, you think that was a shout out or a nod to uh, Revenge of the Nerds when they said that we only have to have sex with a farm animal? It's the exact oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Two guys sitting in a chair trying to do something with a fucking frat, and then you think they did it as a joke to uh, the Revenge of the Nerds? As a, I thought, yeah. Yo, rubber. Brad, rubber Brad talks like. <laughs> What I assume a drunk high school Captain Kirk talks like. <laughs> <laughs> the Bradster? Uh, yeah, the Bradster. <laughs> the fucking, the ripoff fucking, because they couldn't get fucking, what's his name? William Zabka? <laughs> totally. All right. I, I've got to throw down the challenge. Who's better, Gordon the cat or Gordon the dog? Uh, <laughs> Gordon I'm the team dog. cat. That cat looks just like my Ginny, except for my my Ginny has much better looking eyes. Oh, then you have to be Team Cat with me. If you don't, I'm gonna tell your cat, and he's and that cat's going to <laughs> well, throw I up a understand. hairball in your shoe. <clears throat> Here's the problem with Gordon in this movie: they said it was a she. Why would you name a fucking she Gordon? 
That's what. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought maybe the name wasn't Gordon. I go, maybe I heard it wrong, and it's not Gordon. But then later on, they said it again. It was clearly Gordon. But they did say she. They did allude to it being a female cat. So now I'm a little bit perturbed about the whole. <laughs> well, some people, some people tend to always call cats females and always call dogs males. That is, you know? dogs are bitches. I don't everyone, get that. everyone who meets <laughs> my boy cat Cass, my gray one, calls him a her mm-hmm. every single time. Oh, you know same what? With weird, do- same he... with our cat as well. Yeah. What? Yep. Everybody calls my dogs he's. I have two female dogs, and everyone calls him he. Exactly. That. Dog right. he. That's I have a dog and the cat. Although it's a, a male cat, it's always she. <laughs> wow. That's Whatever. weird. You know what? Though, for, for some reason, when I look at my cat, my cats, one's a male and one's a female, and I could easily tell by looking at them what, what sex they are. I don't know. It's just weird. But with yeah, but dogs, gives it away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Jesus, think cats have this. I've never seen my cat dick. My okay. cat is a male. What I've a, just been what a thing male. to hear and say. I'm just saying. I, I've never I've seen been... my cat's dick. <laughs> I have not. I was told one is a male and one is a female. I have not seen Oreo's dick. I, I gotta tell oh you. Oh my right. god! Oreo. I thought her name though. He's black Perfect. and white. Oh my god! He is one white ball and one black ball. <laughs> oh god! Wow. So you've seen? So you've never seen the cream filling? Is what you're saying? Oh my god! This show's going off the rails. Yeah. Who, has Who has a cat here? A I do. We all a male I, and I do. Do you see the male cat's dick or do you not? I do, but let me explain why. <laughs> My <laughs> cat has has hump toys that he will grab in his mouth and then he will just fiercely hump the air. And then when he's done, he lays on his back, spreads his leg, and licks himself. And it's like a very tiny pointed red rocket, kind of like yep. a dog, except much more pointed at the end. And it's fucking tiny. It's literally like, okay. like that. So you just got to get your cat fucking... And then you'll see it. Get him some fuck toys. Mine has a little small pumpkin it likes to put in its mouth and just go to town. Oh, my God. If you ever have a phone call with me and I'm inside my apartment, you will hear my cat meowing as he just fiercely fucks. Because he gets in his way. <laughs> as Kenneth, the show. Every time I talk to Kenneth, he can hear my cat in the background just meowing as he goes to town on that toy. The wow. patrons are going, we're paid for this shit? <laughs> Yo, in all seriousness, I have a question for you, Christian. Yeah, oh, Mr. What? Producer. Why has this show never started off with with what I would assume would be the greatest official movie quote for a show called Exploding Heads? Zombies, exploding heads, creepy crawlies, and a date for the formal. This is classic spanky. That describes I, exploding head. I literally. I thought I did do that one and time. Yes, Christian, maybe I you're did. spanky. Yeah, I'm spanky. Good, I like that. <laughs> Are head. you trying to say I'm alfalfa? It's a well, great head. Like, a great head. It's a great quote. Welcome to two shots where words don't matter. It's a great head. It's a great head. Uh, okay. No, that is a perfect quote. Uh, he has some of the best dialogue in the movie, if not all oh. the good dialogue. Uh, what they wrote Tom Atkins to say, I just like um, the whole story tells about um, oh, when he's his, talking. His Spanky. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh. yeah. Which comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. He's just literally like, kid, come here. Yeah. I'm going to tell you a fucking story. 
and then just confesses to murder. Well, he was about to kill himself. And then, True, he and, didn't and then, care. Yeah, yeah, at that point he didn't care, and then, and then oh, he realized. I never, I that's never where, got the vibe that he was about to kill himself. That's where the, the tape, that's where the duct tape's all over. You didn't even catch on to that shit? Are you he serious? He turns off the oven, yeah. Oh, I just thought that's how fucking old people heated their fucking houses <laughs> in the eighties. Swarm of feet. That was normal. I I know people that heated their house by turning on their oven and opening it up, and duct taping all the uh, anywhere the air could get in. Okay, well that doesn't. I didn't really think about that, but you're right. Okay, that's, that's that is suicidal. Uh, yeah. I just thought it was I feel like a little draft here. <laughs> I thought it was like the the fucking redneck version of the movie uh, Pulse from fucking Japan. It was just silver instead of red tape. Oh, wow. You could have looked at it as he was trying to keep those aliens from coming into his house, too, I guess. I want to know what kind of college kid follows an old man to his house and starts drinking whiskey with him. (laughs) Hey, you got to get that A somehow, okay? Well, although, Jerry, you did start... With actually the in chronological order, almost in traditional exploding heads fashion, we're all over the fucking place, and we, which is fine. This is what we do. I love the I love the way you guys are jumping right in with that. The reality is now I've lost my train of thought, but I was going to say that the <laughs> you're right. You. Choo choo uh, cat balls. Screaming like banshees. <laughs> that helped. Oh, he that helped. Yeah. The best in the movie. Oh, was the yes. All right, Christian, come on, thrill me. I want to know your your train of thought here. Wonderful. No, I just, I love that whole backstory because they bring it back to the 1957. So we come back to the whole reason as to why we got this introduction. So we got the aliens. They set the experiment out. Mr. Venom, you said whether it was... What was the plan for that? Was it get it the fuck off this ship? Or we don't, we never know that part of it, but it lands on earth and we're in 1957. We get a black and white segment, which again, I've heard people shit on movies that do that. That say, Oh, I, I hate when they put things in like, what, no, who was talking sepia tone? Was it you guys that killed the cast? Someone hated oh, sepia tone. I, we, I don't think we necessarily hated it, but we were talking about uh, the sepia tone that uh i think it's for the uh nightmare on oak street remake and i was oh, talking about yeah. uh oh, yeah how great the cinematography is and how it was going like some <clears throat> scenes were shot in sepia tones some were shot with this eerie blue to it yeah uh so i think okay. i was actually talking positive about that because i was talking about mm, that's the new podcast jerry hates sepia tone <laughs> 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 well, so I love the black and white segment. I love the music that you know, the Paul Anka. But oh, it's great! Smoke gets in your eyes. Oh. In, or whatever, <laughs> whatever one he did. And then the whole great. Lovers Lane <laughs> with Starlight, Star Bright. It's like you're right in one of those movies. Yeah, and then how it. they introduce him as a cop, a young guy you don't know who he is yet, and how they bring it back to that, and how that fucking axe murderer comes back from the dead as well. Mm. That is just Great. like I call this like I love Back to the Future. It's one of my favorite movies. I love the script to Back to the Future as well. I don't know where I'm going with it. Is this is comparative to that to me? It's just like a love of movie and storytelling and interweaving all these different sort of timelines together in the sense of uh, of, of telling the full story. Totally yeah, different crazy. movies, but it's crazy how good they are at tying in things that you're at the beginning of the movie. You're just like. The fuck are we in the? Yeah. There's aliens, and then it's the 1950s, and there's an axe What the fuck is going on? And then they tie it in so beautifully. It does not feel forced or anything. It is just, I mean, you just sit back and go, 
fucking congratulations. Yeah. That yeah, was man. beautiful. <laughs> it's great how they bounce, and it, well, here's what's funny. You see the aliens. You see their crazy start. You see the 1959. You see 1986 after. Now, I'm watching this movie, and let me say, again, the title card is great. The way it starts with the letters. and It's almost like what they do with Stranger Things now. Another thing with title cards, it's fucking awesome. So let me just say that. But I'm watching this movie with my wife and my daughter. They've never seen it before. And because of the way it's set up, when they get to 1986 and they go to that party at the frat and they're drinking beer and they're playing music, my wife says, oh, that doesn't sound like 80s music. Now, here's the funny thing. She, her making that comment, she thought that this is like a newer movie because we saw 59 and then it says 1986. Because usually when you see a movie in 1986, it doesn't say 1986. So I think that she thought that this is like a newer movie. And she's she's trying to discredit the song that they were playing. I said, baby, this song, this movie was made in 1986. That is 80s music. Sorry to tell you. She's like, oh, okay. Shut your hole. I'm editing this thing. However. (laughs) (laughs) Exploding head. Yes. (laughs) Stop it. But (laughs) But as usual, she redeemed herself. Because she pulled something out watching this movie. Not my dick. Don't start. She pulled... <laughs> well, I hope not. You said you're watching it with your daughter. Yeah. Jeez, Dave. Indeed. Yeah. They call they call them baldies. Yes, I know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was drinking, damn it. I almost spit that out all over the fucking computer. So oh. now we're watching the movie and she says something. The first time we're introduced to Atkins in that dream sequence on the beach with the, the coconut and all that doing his thing. The girl comes out of the water. Do you guys know who that girl is? Okay, thank you. So it is her and it's not me. As soon as she comes out, my wife says, she goes, oh, that's the girl that was in the car in 1959. Well, that's what I... Oh, I thought yeah. you meant, like, do I know who she is actress-wise? I no, knew no, it was no. the chick from the 1950. 1950- a car commercial. Yeah, I didn't know the actress. I thought that's what you were alluding to. Yeah, that? I thought it's my actress. No, I meant the character. I had no. Yeah. She looks a hundred percent different. I didn't make that connection whatsoever. She looked like an eighties girl. She didn't look like a, so. I, it just didn't even register. And she always does that shit when I'm watching movies. And I'm like, I didn't oh. know it was a fucking suicide attempt. And I've made a suicide attempt. I fucking. <laughs> so I can't really get mad at you there. <laughs> Wowzers. Uh, oh. She comes out dry. God damn, Jerry. You <laughs> failed, yeah, you? She, she got the same clothes that Michael Caine wears in Jaws of Revenge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. You know what scene is a perfect use of suspense with the visual editing, editing and the sound? JC in the bathroom. Him going for that matchbook. <laughs> every turn, dropping the bowl. <laughs> Him going for that matchbook and, like, just the perfect timing of sound and the slug sliding by and him jerking his hand back. Just, I know that's going to happen, and I still jump every time. Good sound design, yeah. for sure. I showed yeah. this movie it's to my great. father. I don't, and my, my dad did not like horror movies. He loved Hitchcock, did not like horror films. But... Like, other than old school, like, he liked the Universal Monster movies, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, oh, and man whatever, but not, like, not modern horror. I had to show him this movie because I loved it so much. And he, that scene said he gave, it gave him nightmares because of <laughs> nice. the sound wow. design and the, the slug and seeing the slug, even though you see the slugs through it, he said it just, it, it stuck with them. And he told me, he goes, that damn movie you showed me, 
And my dad never had night, like ever complained about nightmares or anything like that. It was so this movie resonated with him in that level, and that so that scene stuck out to him too. Powerful. Also, scenes. Friday the Thirteenth reference: no wiping, <laughs> no wiping. <laughs> <laughs> and and someone actually wrote striper rules. Yes, Must have been J- yes. Jason Lloyd or something like that, because <laughs> no one else has ever said or uttered those words ever. Seven point five. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. Oh, awesome. Yeah, there, there's also uh, in there too. Yeah, it says Monster Squad, and this is years before he directed Monster Squad. Oh, this was before Monster Squad. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. I didn't. I'm not a big fan of it, and I wasn't. Okay. So okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You don't yeah. like you Monster know, Squad? Yeah, I know. I'll tell you what, Jerry. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That <laughs> I wasn't a big fan. I don't say I didn't like it. I I never watched it growing up because when it came out. I was knee deep in slashers and everything else, and Satan. Oh, I thought and you were was... gonna say pussy, but okay, that makes sense. But because I wasn't in pussy, I was into slashers, right? Mm-hmm. But um, no, so I I was at that age that it seemed too kiddie for me, so I wasn't into it. So I never got into it. But you know, since making all these connections online with everybody that are a little younger, they love the Monster Squad. So about three years ago, it was on Netflix. So I watched it with my daughter, who at the time was like you know nine or ten. You know, watched it and okay. It was fine, and neither of us had thought to watch it since, and it was just an okay movie. So okay. that's all I'm saying. I, I don't you've hate got it. Nards, Dave. You've got Nards. Oh, yeah. I, I grew up on it, and as you know, I'm a Fuck huge... Nards. <laughs> They're balls. balls. No one in the history of fucking Cat history balls. has ever called them Nards. The and 80s. Nads. Nads. Yeah. In the 80s, we called them Nads, short for going. No, in Nobody the 80s, ever kick them in the Nards. You yeah. called them Nads. I wasn't in the 80s, so I don't fucking know what I'm talking about. He called go nards. I've I'm familiar with the the nards reference. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe kind of, it's a I, California maybe it's an thing. East Coast thing. No, I, I wasn't raised in California. I'm from Connecticut. Oh well, you should not tell people that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I I did grow up on Monster Squad. I I love it as a kid, but I'm also a big Universal classic monster fan. So I think that's yeah. where it comes in for me. Uh, and and that's another thing I like about this movie is this movie is a throwback to the 1950s alien invasion and radioactive monster movies that were everywhere. And that's why, like, I would love, like, the beginning of this movie is almost has a feel like the blob, like the original blob. It does, yep. And I, like, it's so, I don't know how this movie, this movie made me feel nostalgia for it. When I just watched it only maybe two years ago, because I did a double feature of this and Night of the Comet, because when uh, I was come when we were going to do a, I was trying to figure out another horror costume, and I was going to do Night of the Creeps versus Night of the Comet, and decided, nope, Night of the Creeps is going to destroy this. It's not even a battle. Uh, no, fuck, I'm throw this idea out. Yep, because Night of the Comet had like what two zombies in it. Not because Night of the Comet is not good. I don't know why people like that movie. Thank you. If, it, it was, unless you're super into the idea of getting to go into a mall, but if that's the case, just watch Chopping Mall. It's much more entertaining. Um, we we did we did a Night of the Comet on Rad Radio, and I caught so much shit because I was the only one who didn't like it, and everybody else was just talking so nostalgically about it, and. You know, for for a guy who's on an '80s podcast, I'm not very nostalgic, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I 
that movie, it's not even a horror movie. I'm not even sure what the hell people are talking about, but whatever. I've never yeah. even seen it. Yeah, people, it. people do Don't. seem to love that movie, and I'm with you. Yeah, oh, Kenneth, <laughs> I love that. Kenneth loves it. <laughs> Kenneth was like, oh, you've got to see Night of the Comet. It's so good. And so I was like, okay, I bought the Arrow release of it, and I was just like, this isn't that good. I don't know. But Dave Z, I've got a question for you. Right. I have, I do have a, one problem with Night of the Creeps that I, I just cannot find a good enough explanation for, and I'm great at explaining away stupid things. Why did they put the boy on ice from the 1950s? They never explained why they had him in the cryogenic chamber, ever. Did they know about the slugs? Did they know about the aliens? It's never fucking addressed why this random college has fucking one, a cryogenics lab, and two, <laughs> a cryogenics lab in the fucking 80s, and they, they've apparently had since the fucking 1950s. Why Why they put them on ice? Did they know? I, I, like, I don't know. D did you... Did that ever even cross your mind, Dave? No, but holy shit, I think you're onto something, because I can't think of a good reason either. Even if they knew the slugs were inside of them, you would think it would be the opposite. They'd want to destroy it. Why would you yeah, want to keep something is, like that alive? At least in, like, Return of the Living Dead, they explain how the fucking uh, zombie tank ends up there. And th yeah. in this... Same kind of scenario, except they do not explain it at all. Area 51. Damn. But no, you know what? The good it is a good thing that you mentioned, but I just took it that it was a happy coincidence. I, I don't think they knew about it. I just happened to think that maybe he was the first thing. We are going to put this guy on ice. You're right. The timing maybe is a little off of when they started freezing people or, or, or doing this. And I think that just happened to be the fact that this specimen happens to be the guy that has this... Uh, unfortunate uh alien infestation all right uh, we froze walt disney who's next i don't yeah. know we got this random fucking kid over here right? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing man. only thing i could figure is that maybe when they found his body he was basically lifeless but with the technology in 1950 whatever they weren't able to you know figure out what the cause of death was so potentially they're like hey we've got this cryogenic chamber let's freeze them until technology advances and then we'll figure out what killed this kid i don't know it, it's it's a shot in the dark but yeah. i'm trying yeah because i don't <laughs> Something... think they knew there was True. an alien inside of him because if they did he wouldn't have been out of college he would have been on a mary a military base like uh fucking christian said with area mm -hmm. 51 so uh, your explanation venom sexy venom the sexiest Venom. I can't wait for the all sexy podcast produced by Venom. Ooh, baby, we are going to talk about the sexiest in horror movies. Have you seen Slime Bowlerama? Ooh, I'm sexy Venom, and this is the all sexy podcast. Uh, but, like, wow. I, I Neil just shower. came in his pants. I need a shower now. Oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, that's so that's the only thing in this entire fucking movie that you would think needs tons of explanation. Like, I don't question the aliens. I don't question the axe murder. I don't question the time jumps. The one thing I question is random boy gets cryogenically frozen. And I guess sexy venom. Your explanation <laughs> makes the most sense. Even I though have... I'm still kind of like. What's so special about fucking this dick? Yeah, exactly. It's okay, I have a follow-up. Oh. Go ahead, Venom. Go ahead. I have a follow-up to that. When that kid gets to the tube, uh, it seems like there's multiple slugs in there. So 
it looks like only one of the evil turds goes into his mouth. So where are the rest of them? Like, it looked like there were multiple creatures in that tube, but only one goes in his mouth. Am I to assume that they all went in his mouth? They all died in the 1950s uh, wilderness due to communism. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, fire did kill him, so the Red Scare potentially could have killed him too, I guess. (laughs) What I I call a one night in, in Dave's room. (laughs) <laughs> the red scare the red scare Very nice. i could take well you're it. right no there were it did seem like there were multiple things yeah. swimming around in that but yeah maybe just the atmosphere of the earth maybe they went in every sure. hole for the first guy they didn't yeah. know which hole they exactly hit so they just hit every single one of them yeah maybe the aliens hole. have more holes than we do so you know they had to around. why are they gonna pay a guy to watch him too they got these this freaking guy in there cryogenically they got this whole thing with passcodes and the guy's down there and there's really nothing else on the floor except this guy hanging up in this thing you got fucking dr mike rotundo in there watching it forgetting the passcode and shit i'm like what the hell you're right didn't they mention that he was an intern yeah oh that guy mike rotundo that was calling the fucking thing with the notebook yeah they said he was an intern yeah the, the cops mentioned that he was an intern Oh, wow. Boy, he seemed like he was more important to me the way he was talking about the notebook and this and that. Oh, maybe you're right. Sometimes interns act like they know shit, so they look smarter <laughs> than they are. <laughs> Jeremy. He, he certainly did. <laughs> I'll say one thing. One big thing about this entire film. This. This is how you mix comedy in horror. You notice I don't didn't say comedy with horror because it's not a horror comedy. This is a horror movie that has some comedic, you know, lines in it. This is how it should be. People know that I'm not a big fan of slapsticky comedy and horror, but this, there are many moments in this movie that, you know, that incite a laugh or a chuckle, and, and, you, and it's clever in a comedic sense. I don't know if any other movie has mixed it this well. Yeah, and a lot of movies witty dialogue. Yeah, that's the thing is that the comedy in this movie is based solely on the dialogue. There's no physical comedy at all, and I think that some horror comedies tend to rely on physical, on the whole physical slapsticky type comedy. So the fact that that it was all sheer writing just makes it more plausible, more acceptable. I love it for it. I really can't think of a yeah. movie that's done it this perfectly. Like Return of the Living Dead to a degree, I guess. But Return of the Living Dead is kind of it's kind of a balancing act. It's really top heavy with the comedy, then it kind of goes away. I don't know. And like I, I, I've said before, that Shaun of the Dead is the perfect blend of horror and comedy together, and that's fine. But the, I, I honestly, watching this time, I really have a love affair with this film. Where every time I, I've only seen it, maybe I've probably seen it less than ten times. But the last I'm really worried about time. Christian. I think What's he just got collapsing? like slapped by a poltergeist off screen or something. <laughs> no, my cat knocked down. Like I had this, oh. the, I'm in an unfinished basement, and so the furnace is on, and it, it, because we're still cold, like I told you here, and so I was trying to block some of the sound there, and I had a freaking mattress there, and the fucking cat decided to jump and pushed it over. I'm over here. <laughs> I think he's mad because to... I talked about him not having a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm over here listening to Dave's 
fucking yeah, sure, amazing Dave. essay on horror comedy. And I, <laughs> and I look over and Christian looks like he's getting fucking slapped by a polder guy. It's two, two times in a row. Last show he did Why the same thing. Why is the carpet too. wet, Todd? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Dave, you're right. Return of the Living Dead had a lot more visual comedy <laughs> to yes. go with it. And they pulled it off great. Night of the Creeps is how you pull it off dialogue only. Yeah, I mean, some of these lines are so great. Get to practice in your goose step. Oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, 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 an, Aryan, an Aryan joke masked with just a, a, um, you know, a knock on the guy. So, yeah, absolutely loved it. This movie is probably my favorite Tom Atkins movie. And you've got a lot to fucking choose from. Yeah, that's uh, for sure. And this is my all-time favorite. And I love Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. My favorite from the Halloween franchise ever. But this is where you get all of the great lines that people quote from Tom Atkins. Besides the stop it line, uh, as you heard earlier when he called Dave personally. uh, (laughs) To give him a bump as a thank you for all the hard work Dave does letting Christian produce the show. Uh, It's a privilege to be able to... Yeah, it, it really is. Dave Z has a knack for getting the best producers in horror <laughs> podcasting. He's three fucking three. I don't know how he does it. He's just fucking mm, so good. Eye, at it. eye for talent, buddy. That's the you, one thing I got. Dude. Uh, <laughs> and stay tuned. I'm just glad, I'm just glad the echo's the gone. <laughs> the echo's gone. You're welcome, Christian. Really? This is the best Dave Z's ever sounded. I yeah. love it. Yeah. yeah, I moved. I had moved out of the room. I did, I did it for the listeners. So Vodka and chicken fingers. He wouldn't yes. do it for me. <laughs> you never complained. <laughs> what am I here to talk about? Right? Maybe not to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he will, Christian will call me, and in the middle of our phone sex, he just fucking stops to bitch about your fucking echo. You know, Dave's got a new house. I'm happy for him. He went through all that shit. He's got a new horror room. He's got lights. I'm really happy. Oh, he's doing great, but that fucking echo. Yeah, we've got a professional <laughs> horror podcaster, top of his fucking network, has an echo. Yeah, I just Jeez. paid. Even just Jeremy paid for... doesn't have an echo. <laughs> he shouldn't have a voice, but he... <laughs> 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 uh, you're in the hole of fuckers now. Uh, I deserve <laughs> it. How? Well, anyway. Unless someone tells Jeremy about this, he'll never fucking know. Very he true. doesn't listen? <laughs> he doesn't listen to anything. No, by the time JP gets to it, it's going to be three months from now, too. So, yeah. I'll be in the clear at that point. Yeah. Neil's gonna, as soon as we get done with the show, he's just going to start messaging. He's already got notes written down, everything we've said about oh, Jared. I already made a meme. It's already on the, <laughs> the Exploding Head <laughs> website. <laughs> oh, great. Well, we're good. We've got, what yes. do we have here? We've got Thrill Me. It's Miller Time. Wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. wonderful. I love it. I say that. Here's what's funny. I say that all the time, like, you know, <laughs> sarcastically, all the fucking time, not even realizing that he did it either. And my wife was laughing about me saying it. Oh, my it's God, just... Neil. <laughs> <laughs> he just saw the meme. Oh I haven't God. seen it yet, but I will. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so fucking good. <laughs> I still can't see it, and that's okay. I'll, I'll, oh. I will. <laughs> It's like a trailer, Dave. Don't watch it. <laughs> I've, I've never seen my cat's dick. Oh. Best 
line ever in this movie that I don't feel gets enough love. In the 1950s, she's like, if you leave, I'll let you fill me up. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you find on no, my dress. No, my dress. Yeah, no, my breasts, not my dress. I thought she said my dress. No, that was even dress. weirder. Breast? What kind of weird fucking Canadian <laughs> well, version are you listening to? I thought it was so old, like in the past, that like a dress fondling oh, was second base. <laughs> About a boot, a breast, a dress, whatever. Oh my god! Mm. No, I, but I love that fucking line. It's Canadian. so. Ooh. It's so funny, and I don't feel like because of how good all the other lines in this movie are, whether it's from Tom Atkins or the amazing JC. Uh, he's my personal savior. Jesus uh, Christ, I, yes. <laughs> I was thinking John Carpenter Hooper, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but that line is so good. In this movie, literally, the only thing that doesn't make sense to me is why they froze the boy. Other, yeah. And that's not that big of a deal. I can get past that. I don't really give a shit. Mm-hmm. But every this movie is so tight. If someone told me that there was an extra 30 minutes of this movie, I honestly might be one of the few times where I would not want it because this movie is so tight and so greatly paced mm-hmm. that I, I don't think it should be touched. I was I, I don't know if I'd want to see it. I would more be like, whatever it is, don't show me. Make me the fucking movie where Tom Atkins chases down an axe murderer. <laughs> I did have right. I did have one problem with one line in the entire movie, and it's such a nitpick. It's almost not worth mentioning, but in um, JC's um, audio tape that he left I, for his I, roommate, I, I knew it. Yeah, he says, "I don't have a pulse. I don't have a heartbeat." This fucking kid's in college, and he doesn't know that your pulse is your heartbeat. Like he made two separate. Fucking alien inside his fucking throat. Fuck that. He's a college kid. He's got a brain in his head. Right. Well. You're right. It's the same thing. Maybe he felt his pulse, and then he took his hand and put it on his heart, and well, just it scared him. Yeah, but I do hear you. I, I would say no. that today. Wait, yeah, I don't you know how. Have a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he's just emphasizing. He's like trying to explain to you I'm what dead. the. I'm dead. I don't have a pulse. I literally, there's no fucking heartbeat going on in my chest. Like I took it as the, I don't really have a problem with that dialogue. And you're personally probably going to burn in hell for saying such negative things about JC. <laughs> I, I was going to burn in hell for shit. I did decades ago, buddy. You ruined her life with a vent horizon. <laughs> at the end of the recording didn't it sound like he he like screamed and killed himself at the end of the recording he did he put his fucking head in a furnace i don't know okay, how okay so if out. he did that how did the tape recorder get back up there that's been in the, the, big in the room yeah that's what that's i brought been up the big thing because yeah. that was my problem when i watched it tonight yep i was like okay he said he's me, I'm in the basement or whatever. How did the tape get back up there? Oh, if he killed himself I, on tape, and then I, dude, I said those exact words when we when we did our our '86 show on 22 shots, and this was in all of our top tens. But I brought up the exact same point. I said that was the one fatal flaw for me was yeah. that, and I'm glad I'm not the only one. It was one. my number so, one, I believe, of that. It year. was. And and, was the only reason yeah, I that is lower. The only thing is maybe he didn't die there, brought the tape down, went back to kill him, but it. The way he talks on the tape says yep. that I'm down in the boiler room, and he maybe, screams too. Like, but maybe just give him maybe the scream is not from him killing himself. Maybe it's actually painful when you're transforming, when you're like 
Because a lot of the other people, it does seem like it would be that thing growing down your fucking throat. And maybe the transformation is painful. You know, you are dying, technically. So maybe the scream was the beginning of the pain and he had just enough energy to walk his ass with no sticks back up there to put that down there and then make it back to furnace himself because he he forced gump this motherfucker he could furnace run now. himself yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's a great scene of forrest gump on a side note <laughs> when he sheds those... maybe uh you're lucky you're such a good producer <laughs> <laughs> i, I was thinking gump. maybe maybe a couple of the evil turds brought the tape recorder up there yeah, for him. Yeah. <laughs> maybe so dude why was there a worm in that ted in that cat's eye because he was know, dead? Bad word placement? Well, does anyone else think the cat actually, the, uh, the the cat, when they show the cat as a zombie, for some reason, every time I look at it, I just go, why does that look like a rabbit? <laughs> yes, when it does turn its head and open its mouth, it does look like a jackrabbit. 100%. Yes. Yes, I thought the same thing watching it tonight. Yeah. I always okay, wondered why the rabbit. Sorry? Stunt rabbit. Stunt rabbit. I was wondering why they showed the cat's face. She holds. She brings the cat up, and the cat sort of turns to the camera for a split. They could have cut like maybe two frames out of that, so you didn't see the face. And then they show zombie face, so you see the cat's face is all fine. Yeah. For a split second, then they cut to the close up for the zombie reveal. There was a worm in its eye. Like it it was a regular cat. Right, massive and decompo- the thing got spit into it. The slug got spit into it, and I get that. And then Decompose it came out, and then it opened its mouth. But when, well, you know oh, what I'm saying? Why they, did it go underground? It wasn't a dead they, cat. It wasn't they, like it was church. Well, oh, no, 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 no. It was they, a dead cat. Actually, it was a dead cat because it died, but it was alive. Girl, the, but the sorority it girl died, but it was alive. Mentioned, mentioned. <laughs> it died from the slug going into its mouth, but that was its cause of death. It was alive Maybe, and was killed. Why they spill the bottle of tequila I, on it? I've got an answer for you, Dave. Legitly. Okay. Okay. The sorority girls talk about the cat being dead. They know the cat is dead. I thought it was they missing, go, they said. Te- don't, no, no. They say, don't tell her what happened to the cat. That's what they say. Don't tell her what happened to the cat. Meaning there is a possibility. Now, technically, you're right. It could be missing. But I would honestly think that... If they say don't tell her what happened to the cat, it ha- hasn't been enough time for them to call the cat missing when it's an outdoor indoor cat because cats will disappear for days and they would know that. So most likely something happened to the cat. They saw it dead and maybe they did a quick burial or something like that to where a worm could have got in. It's a weak excuse. I thought they said they buried I, him in the backyard. First of all, I don't know if you noticed, Jeffrey dude? Combs comes into the, just through the back door. Jeffrey Combs comes in. Did you notice he was in this? And he no. smashes mean, the cat against the wall. Do you mean this? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cat dead details later. There's your note, Dave. I swear <laughs> they thought they said, no, it would break her heart. So they, they do reference it, like Jerry yeah. said, about the cat being dead. Now, maybe I'm just remembering incorrectly, but I thought they mentioned that they buried him in the backyard. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah I forgot. I, I thought the right. implication was that it was just missing because here's I remember seeing a live cat that looked like my girl Ginny. She came in, did her thing, then left. Then the next time we saw that cat, there was a little scratching on the door. The chick went, she opened it, and then when she grabbed the cat, the cat freaking had the worm in its eye and, the, and a slug came out of its mouth. That's all. That, that's what I took. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, we're spending too much time. No, on this. I love the fact that this is zombie cats, <laughs> zombie dogs, and a zombie everything in this movie. Oh man, that bus! Oh, 
Oh, did you you know the guy's eyes pop out of his head? What guy? If the bus driver's eyes. Oh the bus yeah. Driver. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a cartoon. Yeah. Before before the impact, his eyes pop out. <laughs> yeah. another, and another He's great like, oh, shit, I'm gonna hit it. <laughs> The good news, your dates are here. Bad news, they're dead. They're Fucking, dead. that is the classic line. Other, like uh, you've, we've said them all now. Like I mean, well, not all of them. There's even more. But that so that funny. line is fantastic. He said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. What do you say? Uh, I'm gonna have poop patrol with your nightstick." Yeah. He said to him, "You're gonna play poop patrol with your nightstick." <laughs> He's gonna shove a fucking nightstick up a, up a cop's ass. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Was oh, a homicide man. or a bad B movie? Yeah, right. Oh. Yes. Great stuff. Here's another one. Do you guys realize that that is a callback later on in the film to the character in 1959 who throws the rock at the freaking at the yeah. window yeah. Of, of the girl? I my wife pointed that out. And I never made that connection. The before. Wait, you did. Yeah. You didn't know that the zombie, the first zombie guy that appears, is the cryogenics guy that is the one from the 1950s who picks up the girl and then goes back in his zombie head to the last place he knew of. I knew that. I knew that it was the same zombie, the same person, but I didn't make the connection on uh, on throwing the rock at the window a second time to a different girl. Where did you buy all. the flowers? <laughs> he gets her, what about? He, he hands her a flower. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's kind of a. Uh, I've always whenever I see that scene, I always think of Dawn of the Dead when they're like, "Well, they came back to the mall because that's where they knew." Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you it, think was, that... it was one of the last things he did in life was throw the rock at that window. He dies like an hour later. So, yeah. And now was the other zombie um, going back to the hospital where he escaped from because he was escaped lunatic, the ex, the ex killer. When, when you see where he's heading, is he going into a, uh, a psych ward? Because that's where he was. That's where he had his original killings from. Possibly. Hmm. That's something else my wife brought up. She goes, I think he might be doing the same thing, that it's like a memory of something. I'm like, no shit. Because I didn't make either connection, so I was like, okay. We skipped over the fact that you say, you, you see main star booby. Usually, you never see that in movies. It would be a secondary right. character, and you have right. the main star changing. And so she's, a a, she's not attractive. Sexual. She's a doll. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. It wasn't really done. Sweet. It wasn't done in a sexualized manner, is what it was. It was just a quick changing thing. Yeah, it like, reminds me know, of um, the, complaining. the changing scene in Night of the Demons, where she's just kind of getting ready before they go out. They do linger a bit more in Night of the Demons, but Tisha's boobies, sis. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? There you go. You have everything in this film. You have zombies. You have these freaking crazy slugs. You have gore. You have a good backstory. You have uh, comic lines. You have TNA. You have good characters. You have characters that you care about. This movie just keeps going up for me each time I watch it, where now I'm to the point that I think you were see when we did the 86 show on 22 Shots, where you you watch this film and you're like, this is a freaking classic of the genre. And it just took me time to realize that. And I cannot wait to look at uh, I think Scream is going to uh, re-release they are. in the Scream next Factory couple is. months. Yes, uh, so I'm I'm really excited to get that and get the specs on that and everything else. But this really is a classic in the genre that I think has just been kind of overlooked. And like one of them speak of it fondly, but nobody puts it on a pedestal as they put on like a Return of the Living Dead or a Reanimator or something like that. You know? And it deserves to be there. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. They got a theatrical release, just not anywhere near me. I will say this: perfect introductory horror movie for someone. It's yeah, fun, it's fast, 
it, it's it would be a great one who's someone's <clears throat> like ah, I'm not I'm not too much into horror. Watch this. Unless they don't like gore time. because there's a lot of splitting heads. <laughs> yeah, but none of it's great. like yeah. You know, I'll take an exploding oh, head any day as long as I don't have to watch the scene at Pet Cemetery where the, it's pointed at your face when they <laughs> fucking slice an ankle. I don't want to see a fucking ankle get sliced. Oof. I'll take a fucking head blowing up any day over an ankle slice. Exploding heads rock, man. Absolutely. But these these exploding heads were kind of comical though. They weren't it was yeah. gory, but it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, like uh, August Underground Glory, it was comical gore. That's you could true. really tell they, you know, you could look at the heads and tell they weren't, you know, really. I you know. I can't believe I never noticed the fucking suicide thing. Like I feel like I need to go rewatch that scene. I know I can't believe it either. I cannot <laughs> believe I did not. There's like a... I am amazed that I missed that. I wore this VHS tape out. I watched this movie so many times when I was younger. I love this film. And there's so many things I, I figured, found out. I had the TV version because that had the se- the separate ending. That was the first time I saw the separate ending. So the ending I always grew up with was the dog with the, the slug at the end. I don't think I've seen it either. It's all the I've house. I've only seen yeah. the, the, the UFO sh- over the graveyard. I never saw that until I got the TV version. On it, so the, wow. the the VHS version. <clears throat> so the whole time that I owned it and, and and watched it growing up was, the house blows up. You never see Tom Atkins leave Again, and fall. Right. Uh, that's it. It just blows up, and he counts it down. He's like, "Detective, throw me!" Boom! It blows up, and then they there's some music comes on. You see a, a shot of the flower with the fire in the background, and then the dog walks up, and she goes down to pet it, and the slug comes right out in 3D at the camera, like. Right directly like the camera, not in 3D. I've you know never I mean. seen that End ending, and you know what? Mm-hmm. I yeah. think I would like that better than the walking, burnt Tom Atkins. So I like both, but I mean, that was the I one like I grew up with. Too. And well, then who's not going to see that big honking ship? Like, it's a huge ship. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, <laughs> right, but it could just be happening now for the first time. Is, it the, the is it the same <clears throat> dog that, that infests yes. the Bradster? Yeah. Yeah. How many fucking slugs can you fit in that damn thing? <laughs> so with this spaceship coming back at the end of that version, does that mean that the thing wasn't, they weren't trying to jettison it at the beginning? It actually escaped or something? And this well, was two of them were trying to stop that one that was trying to jettison it. So mm. obviously that one had a problem with the experiment. It's just a matter but of what the problem was. How did was. the aliens show up? This far away, like thirty years down the road, randomly. Maybe when they came back to life, they got alerted somehow. Yeah, the slugs. That, uh, yeah. I don't know about they're that. They're tracking yeah. down the slugs because it's, it's one of them. Think about it. They're aliens. Yeah. They're they're tracking them, and they they've been dormant all this time, and all of a sudden, it's a light. You know, their their life form is out and about. They, you know, if you if you want to believe in aliens, I guess you can accept the fact that they they can detect when you know. The, the other specimens that are around. That's what I took it as. Because I think the movie was closing and my wife or my daughter, somebody said, oh, so nobody can see that ship? And my immediate <laughs> response was because these things just got free. Now they're coming down to do something about it. That, that's what I took from it. That also, no, no one's, one's ever looking seen at the ship. ship because there is a fucking college dormitory on fire. <laughs> that too. <laughs> well, that because I mean that that yeah, that's him leaving, and he falls, his head breaks open, the slugs go into the cemetery. And yeah, that's the, the only light come down, and yeah, I, that's the only that, one I've seen. Yeah, and that that was the TV version that I remember. Like I taped it off TV to have a, like 
just to, to see if they would do the extended scenes like they usually do in, in the TV versions. And I don't remember what else, if there was anything else extended. I'm sure there were other things. Where I was going with it, I was watching it so many times, you notice things like the um, when they're looking at the cadaver on the floor and it pans up. They did a beautiful makeup job on the head and it's split open and there's blood. But you'll see it's just a white mannequin. The body's just a white mannequin on the floor if you actually look at it. But it's because it's just a camera pan from the body up to the the staff. You really, they don't really focus on it too long. But if you actually look at the body, it's just a white mannequin with the gore made up for the head. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because I thought the zombies and the gore looked great. Great stuff. And then as I'm watching the credits towards the end, there's six people credited with doing the makeup effects that weren't the slugs. And two of the six are, are two of the guys from KNB. Not Nicotero, but Berger and Kurtzman. I was like, look at this. This is early mm. KNB shit. And it makes sense because I thought that stuff looked great. I mean, I didn't uh-huh. notice that thing. But I mean, whatever. I mean, in oh, the That's 80s, just watching the movie so many times. Like, mm. first right. view, no. But, I mean, you just you start, you start just pick up on these things after a while. But it's a personal favorite of mine. I've always loved it. There's so many great quotable lines as we've outlined throughout this. And... Uh, it's more that we haven't even said. Get my twelve right. gauge how shotgun. About, how about? Oh yeah, yeah. Me and my twelve no. gauge. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't exactly alone. I had my twelve oh, gauge Dick, shotgun the, with me. The Dick Miller cameo. Oh. Dick Miller. Yeah. Oh, Miller fighting. Is he always Walt in his cameos? Is that Walt from Bucket of Blood? I don't know. He's is, <laughs> Walt Gorney. Is that his name? Walt Gorney. You know who that is. Oh, that's crazy. Funny. That's crazy. Ralph. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm that's Ralph Gorney. Yeah. Funny enough, Dick Miller's character in this movie is called Walt. That's what I'm also, saying. Also, that's what he's saying. But yeah, yeah he's yeah, Walt. Uh, he's right. Uh, Shane Black is also in this movie as one of the cops in the police station. And uh, also, you you just mentioned Greg Nicotero is an extra in this movie. Wow, really? Yeah. But he didn't do any of the effects. That's freaking weird. Maybe he's just uncredited. Wow. Uh, he is uncredited uh, as an extra. Right, but for makeup, I mean, he has the other two KNV guys there. Wow, that's so weird. You know? Well, mm-hmm. how about how about JC being a prophet in this movie? Those, those little those little lines that he says where... Oh, yeah, I'd rather have my brain invi- invaded by aliens, parasites yes. or something. That was great. Yes, because I'd rather have my brains invaded by creatures from space. And then earlier in the film, when he was pushing um, his buddy to hook up with the girl, he said, the fate of the world could be in balance here or something, he said. And in a sense, it is. If they didn't get hooked up together, who knows what would have happened ultimately. So just little details like that. Man. All hail JC, our new Lord and Savior. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's him. <laughs> He's a prophet. <laughs> Fight for her. Oh yeah, bucket of blood. <laughs> just your basic run-of-the-mill flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the requisition papers there, Walt. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> I don't have the requisition phones. Did you say you found it, Jerry? Or no? Found what? I just wanted to see if it was a bucket of blood. <laughs> oh, I, I know he's in a bucket of blood. I don't remember what movie. Yeah, Walter uh, Paisley. What his name was Walter Paisley's his character in Bucket of Blood, and I'm pretty mm. sure that that's what the the throwback is to. Yeah, well, actually, he's named the same name in a lot of movies. Because uh, what's his fucking name in Chopping Mall? I think it's the same thing. What's his name in Gremlins? I'm about to. I'm looking. I figured everybody knew that one. I, 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 I'm not a big Gremlins okay. fan. Okay. I'm well, a, I, knowing that that's Joe yeah. Dante, it's probably in, Walt. <laughs> in, in Chopping Mall, his name is Walter Paisley. Yeah, so that, yeah, that was the ongoing gag then, I guess. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. 
Oh, and man, Bucket that- of Blood is such a fucking underrated movie. It's funny, my, I've, I heard a story from my dad's friend drag my dad when he was, like, when they were younger to see a bucket of blood in the theater. And my my dad, my, my dad's buddy would always bri- drag him to see all the Roger Corman uh, movies. And my dad was not interested in seeing these. So he, did, he would tell me he would see a bucket of blood and all that. But it was not the type of movies he liked. The John was uh, Mur- Murray Dave Futterman in Gremlins. Oh, okay. Murray, wow. that's right. Yeah. Daisy's box move like the fucking bag on the floor and audition. You see what it? You have in the box. There's a <laughs> the cats got down here somehow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I'm over here like two and their cats. My, <laughs> my cats have been scratching at the door most of the night, but luckily I don't think it's been picked up because they've been wanting in all night. But the kitten will get all crazy. The my boy will just climb up here and sleep, but kitten will fucking start doing coke and shit. It's fucking awful. <laughs> just like oh. his daddy. Yeah, boy. <laughs> we talked about the cool effects later, dude. We we talked about like uh, the missing link. We we we've pretty much hit everything. I I think. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else, or or, or should we? Uh, Has everybody watched read... this multiple times? Is oh, yes. yeah. Uh, actually, this is only my second time seeing it. Do you have the blue? Do you have the blue? Like I've got the blue with the really shitty cover. Yeah, me too. The really I don't own this one on blue. I'm probably going to try and get the Scream Factory release. Oh, yeah, I'm like... not going to get the Tom Atkins figure because... Too much money. It's too much money. Even though I will say this, I got the Night of the Demons Angela figure, but the paint job was so terrible on it, I ended up selling it, and it did sell for more than what I paid for that and the Blu-ray combined. So nice. okay, you actually man. can basically get it for the Blu-ray for free if you've got the time to wait, because you can throw that bitch on eBay and it'll sell. Good call. Yep. Maybe I'll do it. Well, then again, if the Atkins thing is great, maybe I'll keep it, because when are you going to see an Atkins figure? <laughs> you exactly. know? And the Atkins isn't going to live forever. He's pushing freaking 90 at this point, I think. Yeah. He's up there. He's yeah. still doing shows, though. I mean, I, I just saw him a few months ago. He's still chipper. He's in, he's always in a good mood. Really happy to talk to the fans. Yeah, he's a great guy. He is great. He called me today. Of course he's a great guy. <laughs> R.I.P. Dick Miller, because he just passed away. <laughs> yeah. January, uh, end of January, right? Yeah. That's the first thing I thought when I saw him. I go, oh, man. It was like one of those things. Like It's the first time I've seen him since he passed. I'm like, there's Dick Miller. And, of course, nobody in the room knew what I was talking about. But what oh. are you going to do? You know? <laughs> it is what it is. I'm gonna rate the movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a, a real rating because I've never done it on this show. So I'm gonna go high on it. I'm gonna say it's a nine and a half. I fucking love it. I, I just keep coming up on it, and I think it's a classic in the genre. Oh, it's so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've Full always said, yeah, explosion. I'm right there with you. Full head explosion. I've 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 rated it a, a perfect. I'm a little bit more lenient with my tens for you guys uh, out here. I'm not. I I don't have a shitload, but I have a lot more than just two. Because I think you said Friday and Jaws oh, yeah. were your only tens. I got a shitload more than that. Oh yeah, uh, me too. Because I, I don't. Every movie has flaws, one way or the other. It's a movie, but yeah. I look beyond it and I look at just like what it means to me. So yeah, nostalgia can play into that as well. But it's the full package. This has that script that I brought up earlier as well, and uh, and everything to go with it. So awesome fl- film and film. <laughs> Wait, so you you're giving it a ten? I gave it a ten, full head. Uh, nice. Yeah, this movie is hand down one of the best movies of the 80s, period. Uh, amazing story and script. Dialogue is just 
fan-fucking-tastic. The pacing on this movie is one of the better-paced movies to come out of the 80s. Because some of them can really drag as they're building up the story before shit starts popping and people start dying. Does not have that problem. It is entertaining from the start. It's Atkins at his very best. Uh, just enough comedy to keep it funny, but not enough to take away from the horror. Uh, one of the better spins on a zombie movie, because, I mean, technically, I, I, I would call this a zombie movie. Yep. And it's it's one of the ways to spin it that uh, is really good. I, I'm, I'm going to go nine and a half uh, inches, something that I don't get, I don't have, maybe one day. <laughs> Uh, but an easy 9.5 for me. I would watch this anytime. Awesome. Awesome, man. Gents? Yeah, I mean, I pretty much have to agree with everything that's been said. This movie is near flawless. I mean, any negative stuff that I have to say is the sheer definition of nitpicky. I mean, there's really nothing quote-unquote bad about this movie. Performances are great. Um, the soundtrack, the effects are spectacular. Good tension. Like I said, I'm, I feel like I'm just repeating everything that's been said, but uh, I'm right there with Jerry. 9.5 out of 10. Woo! Yeah. I think when I did this on our show, I originally gave it an 8, but after watching it again today and doing this show and listening to everything and talking about it, I'm going to go up to a 9 as well. It's it's a great movie, and it does go by so fast. It's an hour and a half, and it never gets boring. It always goes, just goes and goes and goes, and like you watch it and you see something new all the time. Little things in the corner or whatever, different slugs. And the, the wall of slugs was creepy as fuck, too, just watching oh. them all slither around. Oh, in that yeah. That, that was, was creepy great. shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, man. I'm going to actually go up a whole point on this and give it a 9 out of 10. Was that was that a digital effect or was that practical, The that whole the wall of um, slugs? Like right before Atkins lights the, the yeah. lighter. I, it looks I, mostly practical, but then there's that one part at the end when like the five or six come out and they kind yeah, of wiggle. Lunge, that looks yeah. yes, that that looks digital to me. But everything else, that, I think for the yeah, most animated, part, yeah. I'm no expert. But my opinion is that 90% of the time you see it, it's practical, and then they screw around a little bit with you know digital, whatever the hell they do. Yeah, all right. That's what I think. I'll Just accept the, it. The little nuances of the duct tape over the mouths. Ah. Fuck, I get oh, it going yeah. on backwards. Just, I already killed you once. And when that when he turns around, there's just so many great oh, moments. Great. Just so oh, many smile. great moments. Yeah. Yeah, Love and he smile. smiles. Yes. <laughs> so cool. Smiling that creeped me out the first time. Yeah. Oh, like you recognize. On... Even though he doesn't have eyes, he somehow recognizes <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah. <laughs> he had no eyes. But coming out of the dead mother's uh, uh, floor boards it was, was pretty creepy oh, too. And yeah, the yeah. play nine from out of space being on TV is kind of cool. And, and you fools, you stupid fools. Her getting half of her <laughs> face chopped off was uh, quick, but effective. Yeah. And she just sat there and looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Didn't didn't even like, I love that. I love just okay. succumbing to death. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm she, she's probably anyway. thinking I had a good run. Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's up there. She's tired. She's nodding off. Eh, yep. fuck it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been to Woodstock. I can die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So I guess it's in our Hall of Fame seat. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, with all these great grades. The five people in the lowest grade was a nine. Fantastic. That's fucking, yeah, that's serious right there. So there you go. It's always fun yeah. when a personal favorite gets in there, too. Yeah, man. <laughs> of course. I that's... would like to sit down and talk to someone who hates this movie. 
They don't like. Exist. I would legitly want to know what they did not like about this movie. I agree. It's probably going to be a non-horror fan who maybe just caught no, no, it. On well, movie. there's got to be some horror because I. That's true. I yeah. didn't think there was anyone that hated Jaws, and then I found someone who hated Jaws. I killed them, but I found them first. <laughs> I have one right here. I lo- I love this book. I think this he was a prof at a, a Canadian university, and he. A a, a prof, not a prophet, a prof, oh, okay. professor, professor. Oh, okay. All I right. thought he said prophet too. Yeah, a prophet. He's a Canadian prophet. Yeah. JC. I got to Tim Tim Hortons on his days off. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> you guys talk about yourself while I find this bad boy, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to finally hear the reason we can blame Canada. <laughs> so this guy's gonna read something out of a book where the guy trashes Jaws. Interesting. Not okay. Jaws. Not Jaws. Night of the Creeps. Ah, Jaws. The... Okay. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody's trashed Jaws. You know who would have trashed Jaws? A critic back in the day who then probably wanted that review buried. Like, when it came out, you know, there's probably some review that's like, oh, this, you know, it's it's a calculated bullshit, manipulative thriller, and, and it, won't, it won't even scare the little ones or whatever. And then everybody's like, this is the scariest movie ever. It's like, holy fuck, yeah. i got to bury this thing. <laughs> it literally kept people out of the water forever. Yeah, man. For I sure. still haven't gone back in the ocean. And I live Shh. in California. For real? <laughs> because I of Jaws? Know. Uh, well, at first, yes. Now, you know, I'm obviously a little bit more logical, but I just don't like the ocean. When I was younger, I used to have dreams about uh, my uh, a pool breaking open and sh- a shark coming into it. <laughs> and I wrote like in like third or fourth grade or something, they had us write a short story, and I wrote about, and I wrote about this because that, that was your first day in the insane asylum. Yeah, well, uh, back in the day, back in the 90s at Blockbuster, they used to do those kid prints videos where they would record asking you questions. And if you uh, ever went missing, they could put out a video so people could hear what you sound like and all of that. And my mom did one for me and we still have it. And when they and and, uh, they're like and I'm like four or five and like, so what's your favorite movie? And my mom's like, you love Wizard of Oz. And I go, Jaws. Just Jaws. (laughs) Was it Jaws? Yeah, Jaws. It's been my favorite movie since I was four. Jaws. That's awesome. I've never been afraid of Jaws or sharks or or monsters all all my life. It's because you live in New York. (laughs) I used to even play like a, we used to have a a, a game we used to play. I had a shark and I used to throw it in my pool. And uh, we had a game called Jaws with your jaws. So you threw the thing in the bottom, it sank to the bottom and you went to there and you picked it up with your teeth. You there came back to the top easier of the ways to get a blowjob. You could literally just ask. <laughs> I got to read this review now. And this is for Night of the Creeps, not Jaws. And he does a synopsis of the movie, which I'll skip. And so he says, obviously a movie thus titled is not meant to be taken utterly seriously. And the intent here was to clearly be both funny and scary. Kind of like nerds meet the living dead. Unfortunately, it doesn't really manage either, leaving us with a lame script, annoying characters, effects that we've seen before, and actors that we might not see again. This has decent production values and is not seriously bad, just another disappointing example of a movie that fails to fulfill the promise of its title. I can't disagree more. Like, yeah, that's... I, wow, that is... 
everything he said is, is like, <laughs> the total opposite. I <laughs> I remember when I read the Robert Ebert uh, review of the thing where he literally <laughs> says that John Carpenter's the thing sacrificed suspense at the altar of gore, and I was like, the thing is very suspenseful. What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh, you were listening to Robert Ebert, not Roger Ebert. That's probably why. His <laughs> 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 <Is> evil cousin. <laughs> Maybe if you listened to Roger, he would have said it was better than that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is literally the worst review I've was- ever yeah. I've ever heard, and I I've listened to NFW. <laughs> I don't review movies, so you can be listening to the wrong show again, fella. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. Anyway, time for yeah. bed, people. Time for bed is right. Neil's got to get up. Show to bed, yeah, I got to get up in the morning, go see uh, us. So yeah, we're going to the 10:45 matinee. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I think you'll like it. Cool, cool. Looking forward to it. I saw Joey we showed Columbo my daughter. Says it's a new masterpiece. An, a masterpiece? I, I, uh, I'm not holding my breath. Everything's on, a masterpiece to them youngins. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe maybe this episode's a masterpiece and somebody. Oh, it already else. is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so we got we have to thank yeah, yeah. Dave. You do the honors. You he's so good at this. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> We have to thank our guests. We have to thank the two Jerry's, Jerry Herring, Mr. Venom, Jerry Cortez. Sexy Venom. And Sexy, Sexy Venom. Venom. Sorry. <laughs> and Mr. Nudie, the king of memes, Uncle Nudie. Uh, guys, why don't you take turns uh, plugging your wares? Because I'm not going to do it. So, <laughs> All right. It. Listen to these fine uh, podcasters. Come check out Kill the Cast, where we do a horror podcast, and we do great shows like Horror Coliseum. Also under the banner, we have uh, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space featuring the very sexy Daddy Venom. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's my hip-hop name. Yeah. Uh, And we also have Jerry Hates Action where I discuss why I don't like action movies and see if with my newfound old age and health issues, if – that prune juice will make me actually like action movies. And also, we've got videos on YouTube. Come find out about the Friday the 13th video game that came out before the NES video game, where Jason is dressed like a greaser instead of a man, uh, I don't know, an 8 bit version of Prince. Yeah. Don't get us singing. Can piss me off. Fuck you, man. Fix the car. <laughs> exactly. Wipe my ass with a rabbit. Come find out about uh, <laughs> horror movie video games you probably never heard of, and uh, <laughs> other random shit. And uh, that's it. My name's Jerry. I uh, I'm funny on here, and I'm funny in other places. And uh, I just really want to talk about sexy venom again. All right, <laughs> I'm done. Go ahead, Me? sexy. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm just gonna uh, list them down because there's. T- there's too many to talk about, but as Dave mentioned at the beginning, you've got the horror cast, Rad Radio, the All 80s podcast, Theme Warriors, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space with our friend Mr. Jerry Herring, No More Room in Hell with the famously snoring Mike uh, Merriman, and also the legend Corey Graham. Very happy to have him on the show. Uh, the sister podcast to that one is No More Room in Hell Presents Fresh Cuts, where we only concentrate on the newest movies. Look look out for our episode on Us. Should be recording tomorrow. Should be out Monday. 
And then my newest venture, of course, as mentioned, I recently joined the cast on the Slice and Dice Dreadcast with uh, Joey and Bill from the Horror Mafia. So look out for that one. Most of these shows are on the Horrorphilia Network. Underwater Kaiju is on the Le- the Legion Podcast Network. And if you want to see my sex tape, you can't. <laughs> you can if you contact me. Patreon. That'll be a no more movie. Hell, Patreon. <laughs> uh, you all know NFW. If you listen to this show, you know Horophilia NFW. And Hard to Kill podcast on the uh, Revival Network. So check it out. Thanks, gentlemen. This has been yeah. awesome. It was a what great podcast time. do do you do again, Christian? I yeah. forget. <laughs> TGIF thirteen, which is in a, in a seventh month hiatus. TGI yeah, forgot to do a show. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I actually thought about you guys the other day, and I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, I haven't seen an episode in months. What's going on? The last thing I did was that crossover when I talked to Preston uh, DeFrancis from Rune Me. And before that, it was Vince and I in August. Mm. Did you bury Vince in the backyard? Is yeah. that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. We're hoping in the next couple of weeks. And speaking of being back, hopefully uh, Brandon comes back next show. We miss you, buddy. We love you. Hang in there. And uh, you guys as well, We you definitely have to come back. Uh, maybe together again. Maybe separate. But <laughs> you guys... Nope. <laughs> no, absolutely you, i'm sure you guys have figured out by now i'm an absolute podcast whore so yeah I, i'm anywhere people ask me to be i'm like visa <laughs> we love to yeah. have the thing i appreciate is, you guys having me on it was a great time i had a yeah, good time really good. definitely long overdue long overdue for all you guys the thing is with, with you're the patron it's hard to ask for guests to come on because we're watching so many movies it's not for us to say, hey, come and come on the show. We're uh, we're talking about you know three movies and two triple R's. We're gonna be five movies. You gotta watch them and review them. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's tough to do. So that's why as soon as we had this opportunity, and Brandon's like, go ahead and do something. We're like, okay, let's just have friends on and and have some fun and guys that haven't been on before that we'd like to have on. So I'm glad we did it. And yeah. again, you guys have got to come back on. Uh, hopefully, when Brandon's here, because you know, yeah. it ain't, it ain't we can all make fun of him together. Yes. And <laughs> if you want to hear intimate details of the life of Dave Z and Brandon Orlick, come check out the interview episodes I did with them on Kill the Cast and learn about Dave Z's dumbest thing he's ever done in his fucking life, which I won't go into. Go listen. It blew me. Did that marry his first wife? <laughs> no, it was dumber. It was dumber than that to me and Ken. Hey, without her, you wouldn't have your daughter, though. So, you know. This is true. That this, that's why bad, this right? other thing is the Thank is you. way dumber. Uh, and yeah. we also did Brandon Orlick. And at some point, I'll get Christian on there and I'll interview him and we'll talk about all the intimate details of how to put Timmy horns in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> One at a time. It's, it's like anal beads. Back bacon and Tim Tim Hortons. How do you clean anal beads? Do you put them in the dishwasher? Are they dish? Are they top rack safe? I mean, you just put them in your mouth and fucking rip it out like a fucking lawnmower. Yes. Anyway, let's put this show to rest so you guys can yep. sleep. Yeah, yeah. Let's all go Eternally. to bed. We love you guys. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Eternally. Again, thank you, listeners. Hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode, and uh, we'll be back soon. Will it be episode 80? Only time will tell. But thanks for listening. We love you all. Peace. Adios. Thank you. 
classic spanky. 